This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. listening to the Voices of Wrestling podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. X out, go listen to some boring podcast where they're afraid of their own shadow. Okay? Don't listen to Joe Lanza. Because Joe Lanza's not changing. And Rich Crage. Give me a name. Like Who delivers <laughs> this guy in a big spot? Joe, don't yell at me. Like in, the, in the big spot. Who delivers better than this guy? <laughs> Stop yelling at me. I agree. And we are live here on the Voices Wrestling Flagship Podcast. I'm Rich Krejci alongside, as always, the king of banter, Mr. Joe Lanza. Joe, what's happening? How are you? I'm doing good. Doing good. Can't complain. You? Are you really doing good? I'm fine. I'm actually doing pretty good. Yeah. Had a good holiday weekend. Had a good 4th of July. This week's been pretty good. It's a short work week. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. All right, all right, that's good. Yeah. You're you're normally whining about something. So no, no, good. I think I'm all right. What? Jeez, wow. Well, it's just that's just you know <laughs> whining about something, man. I'm tell me, saying tell me how you you're really like, feel, Joe. Jeez, Christ. You're of that age where people just you know you're always <laughs> people around your age are always talking about student loans or something, you know. So you're always I, I paid mine I off. You... My my the wife has you know hundreds of thousands still remaining, so that's all right. Ah, you'll get there. <laughs> Chip away. Yeah, I got a house at least, you know. I got things. I, I, I'm doing better than most people my age, I'd say, so that's all right. Listen, you got a house, you go on vacation every 10 minutes, you're doing fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm it can't it. be hindering you that way. No, no, no. I'm fine. Brand new late model vehicle in that driveway. <laughs> Listen, you're doing fine. A little V-dub. A little Volkswagen out there, yeah. Two Volkswagens in the driveway, yeah. I should say. Not even cheap ones either. So you're, you're doing fine. You know, those aren't exactly economy vehicles out there. Those German vehicles are expensive. Okay. Uh, that, yeah. So, you know, you'd be surprised. I, after that whole emissions thing, they've uh, they've gone down in price pretty heavily after they uh, got in trouble or got caught, I should say. Everybody, I'm sure every company. Hey, listen, that's that's the best time to buy. <laughs> I was like, I don't care. I'm like, they're a little worried. They're a little nervous. It's a little bit cheaper than it would have been a little bit ago. I'm cool, man. I, I trust you guys. I trust that you guys aren't going to fuck. Who fucks up two times in a row, Joe? Nobody. Maybe that's like and Uso does every so often, but otherwise, no. Most people don't fuck up two times in a row. They, they keep Oof, that guy. They keep it kind of clean um, after a while. Speaking of cars and people that yeah. probably shouldn't be driving them, that's uh, it Uso. Is that a is that right hand man Uso or is that nobody? <laughs> you know, I was hoping you weren't going to ask that. I was really because if you notice, I didn't put that on a topic. I didn't mention it to you as a thing, and the only reason why I didn't ever want to talk about it. Is because then you were gonna say, "Hey, Rich, which USO is that?" And then I have to figure out which USO it is, and I don't want to figure out which USO it is because I don't know. I don't know. Is that is it nobody's bitch or is it right hand man? I don't know. Uh, it, it was. <laughs> I don't even remember which USO. Which USO was it that was it? I feel terrible because we're gonna we're gonna one of them is a perfect from from what I can understand a perfectly clean individual, uh, yeah. and, and and not driving with point two <laughs> like. <laughs> Blood alcohol levels, but then the other one is, and that we're gonna unfortunately, no matter which one we say, we're definitely gonna get it wrong, and it's gonna be the wrong USO. So uh, we'll, I'll, I'll just wait for the chat room to uh, to tell me. They say it's Jimmy, but I, I don't, uh, I don't know if I trust that. 
I watched the show. I don't even know which <laughs> so, one. Is which the one is Jimmy man. though? That's the problem. Is we okay? Right. So we know it's Jimmy, but is he right hand man or is he nobody's bitch? That's that's right. That's what I need to know. Yeah, yeah that's that's what I I can never. All right, the Swink has said uh, it's Jimmy Uso, comma nobody's bitch. So it is the nobody's so bitch. Nobody's Uso. He's yeah. the one who drunk drives all. Yes, the time. correct. Yeah. Okay. Um. All right. I mean, because it got real confusing. Because I, you know. Couple weeks ago on SmackDown, they like switched roles. That's what you said. Yeah, nobody's bitch became the right hand man, and then the right hand man became nobody. Yeah, it, it, it can end up. Well, no, 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 they didn't. No, 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 no. Oh, they didn't literally switch T-shirts, but the submissive guy became more agitated, and the agitated guy became more submissive. Got it. Got it. Okay. But they didn't switch T-shirts. Now, correct. These are like, Roman Reigns' cousins, right? That you're talking about here, the Usos. These men are brothers. They're bro- they okay. So Jimmy brothers. and Jay are brothers, and they're related uh, to Roman. How again? Uh, they are his cousins. His cousins. Okay. Cousins. Yes. So whose parents? Okay, what does Rich. that mean, though? How does that? How does that work then? Like, well, here's the thing, Rich. If you just tune into SmackDown, I'll get all that. They remind you. Okay. Good. They remind you of this in the first five minutes of every show, so you you don't have to worry. They'll catch you all up. Good. It, it gets quite confusing to figure out, you know, the, the family tree here of the, uh, the, the Oose family tree. So there you go. I mean, if you watch the show every week, it's so agitating that they have to waste 90 <laughs> seconds re-explaining that every time. And people want this. For all of these alleged new viewers who are tuning in every week, even though less and less people tuning in every week uh, to catch this. He, like, took his shirt off and, like, challenged the cop to a fight or something? Yes. Which doesn't count as a DUI, but also, I don't know, I, I think that counts as a strike in some way. Like, I don't know, I don't know if I need to be taken, I, I don't know if that's a good way to uh, gonna handle that situation, so. So, nobody's bitch, drunk driver, is the same one that's married to Naomi. You're correct, yes. Alright, that's all the same guy. Yes, I don't know what Jay does, nobody knows anything about Jay, I don't think, like, who's Jay married to, what does he do, I don't, nobody cares. Seems like he just leads a quiet life. Yeah, good for you Jay, know, I, yeah, he's know. just like, hey, whatever, yeah. Good for him. Um, all right, yeah. I mean, Jay might have a big singles career coming up. Yeah, so. I was gonna say, better, better get ready, get in the gym, because uh, he could be a single USO for for a while. So, he, but he was the one that was, um, ah, fuck. Who was the one that was? Who was injured? Which one was that? I think Jimmy was injured. Jimmy was injured. Jay. Yeah, Jay was doing all the stuff with Roman. That's what Jimmy I thought. Okay, that's what I thought. I was gonna say he's ready. Then he he already had the the, the singles run. So you know what? You can just tell Jimmy to hit the bricks, and and, and you're good. So recently, but then a, a, another time, one of them. Remember years ago, one of them was hurt. Yes. One of them was doing yeah, yeah, singles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I forget it. I can't remember which one that was. But the recent one, Jay was around and Jimmy was hurt. Got it. Because okay. remember, then Jimmy came into the storyline as nobody's bitch. Okay, I got it now. Like, come on, Jay, why are you listening to this guy? Like, that kind of deal, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, that is, that is our SmackDown recap here <laughs> that you all were. I mean, that's basically it. I, I, I do like that other reviewers are coming around on what I was ahead of the curve on. That SmackDown is the same exact show every single week. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I will, I will give you credit. It was about May, I think, April or May, when you were like, wait, hold on a minute. Like, this is just Blue Raw. And everything is the same. And then you got real hard on it in like, you know, late May, early June, where you're like, no, guys, come on. This is the same shit happens every week on the show. Like, this is, is no different. And then all those older viewers, they were still saying, oh, of all the shows, SmackDown's the best that WWE has. And then like last week, it all turned around. And now everybody's yeah. on your side, Joe. 
I, on the other hand, a smart person, have not watched <laughs> Friday Night SmackDown uh, in, in quite a while. But uh, yeah, you and the other reviewers, uh, you're now in lockstep. But you were ahead of the game by at least two months here on, on calling a blue raw. You got a lot of shit for it too. You got a lot of flack for it. And uh, well, you're standing I got tall again. So much. I got so much shit for coming down on SmackDown. Now people are seeing things my way. You know. We got Brian Alvarez think, out there saying, "Oh, nothing ever changes on this show." Hey, we've been saying that. Yeah, you've been screaming about it. So yeah, it, yeah, that's been the case since like January. It's about time people are catching up to my ahead of the curve, uh, you know, analysis on several things. On Which, several things. Know, that's a teaser for later too. But you know, ten years rich. This. Why don't people listen? <laughs> I know we've been doing it. Yeah, we are. We're coming up on that as well. We will uh, probably have a. I'll talk more about it next week, I think. But uh, we are approaching ten years of the website existing. So we get a lot of people that are that that immediately when I say ten years, immediately go to the flagship. We are going to do something for the flagship ten year, but that is not until January. That is January twenty twenty two. That we'll do the ten years of the flagship. But it is ten years of this website existing. Uh, registered the the blog spot to the blogger dot com uh, thing on on the night of Money in the Bank in my first post. Uh, it was a few days after that as well, like I think the, the Tuesday after uh, Money in the Bank 2011. So we are approaching the 10 years of that, and we do have some fun stuff planned for it. But uh, yeah, you'd think after 10 years people would listen, and, and they still don't. So it's fine. It's okay. We'll just we'll just keep stay here, keep doing what we're doing. You know what we're doing here. <sighs> All right, so let's um let me let me get to some of these topics here because we we got we weirdly we went from not having a lot to talk about to I think a, a pretty decent amount to talk about here because it got pretty worrisome and and you put a tweet out there a few days ago about how like I do not know what we're going to talk about here on this week's show but luckily we got some news we got some debuts we got some interesting stuff uh, that's popped over the last few days so so we we are going to have a lot to talk about uh, I should note as well um, that we are going to take calls today so if you are a, uh, or if you're interested in calling into the show, here, here's what you're going to have to do. And I'll explain this just once, and it, it's pretty easy. Everybody kind of figures it out. We've had nobody that's really had any issues, so I don't have to explain it in too much detail. But all you have to do to call in, first off, you have to be a $10 VOW Superfan subscriber. So if you're listening right now, that's you. <laughs> you're good. If you're listening live right now, you are the people that have the ability to call in. You're listening live right now, so you're good to go. That's patreon.com slash wrestling. $10 Superfan subscriber, and you're good to go. You also just need to be a member of the Voices of Wrestling Discord, voiceofwrestling.com slash Discord. That's easy. Sign up. You're good to go. Can I just give... What do you want to give? I yes. want to give a Ric Flair woo to all of those $10 subscribers. There it is. Hashtag love you. In your robe. In your lavish robe. Yes. What's that made out of? Um, cotton. <laughs> it's not an expensive robe. Okay, what are you doing? I just, I was just shouting out the $10 members. Okay. Part of their, their their bonus, yeah. yeah. Is there a house call coming soon or what? Um, uh, yes. Okay, there we go. Yeah. I'm trying to work out s- semantics. Sort of fired up. Okay, what are you doing? I'm trying to work out oh, the semantics of uh, <laughs> doing a, a live house call AEW. Okay, that's right. It all out. All right. <laughs> Have a good night. Love, love all you $10 subscribers. There it is. $5. Be better. <laughs> be better. <laughs> Clap. Be better. All right, Joe. You oh, still two, there? Two German, late, two German late model vehicles in the driveway. She better support those $10 subscribers. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So, again, if you want to call in tonight on, on the show, 
Uh, be a $10 super fan, as we said, patreon.com slash voice of wrestling. Be a member of the Discord, voices of wrestling.com slash Discord. And then hang out in the flagship super fans QA hold room. Uh, it's a voice channel on the Discord. It, it's very easy to find. I have a link uh, as well if you're on Patreon as well that you jump in there. And essentially, when we are going to talk, uh, talk about a topic, if you have in, uh, a thought about that topic, that's when you would jump on. So if we're talking about NXT Great American Bash and you have a thought about NXT Great American Bash, that's when you jump into that hold room. When you have a thought about SmackDown, that's when you're going to jump into that. And we're going to take questions and, and talk about the topics we are talking about. If you're going to call in and ask us what our favorite Masawa matches are of all time, we're going to tell you to hit the bricks. All right. This isn't an open Q&A. We want, we're, we want calls about the topics we're talking about. So that's, that's nice and easy of it. It's, it's, we usually have very good calls, and I'm sure we'll have them again today. But if you want to call, that's what you have to do. So we're going to start talking about a topic. And if you say, ha, I have a thought about that topic, that is when you jump in. Again, voiceofwrestling.com slash Patreon. You guys all have that. You're all listening anyway. Patreon, uh, uh, patreon.com slash voice of wrestling, voice of wrestling.com slash discord, join the discord and then flagship super fans Q and a hold room. And then you are in and you are ready to go. So it is that easy. And then we'll punch you up. And the other key is be ready to talk, be ready to talk and be ready to mute the flagship. If you're listening to the flagship and we bring you up, there's a bunch of feedback and a bunch of crap. We had, usually people are good about that. Usually people are good, but th- there's always one or two people, but yeah, be ready to talk and be ready to mute the flagship when we put you in uh, to the main room. And that's it, Joe. So. Hopefully get some calls. Hopefully get some interesting discussions. Yeah. Don't make me hand wave you like Francesa. Don't make me <laughs> give the hand wave. Yeah. You know, we, we, we've come up with a cue, by the way. And uh, I don't know if anybody's yes. aware of that. But I'm aware of it. And there's a cue. when <laughs> Joe has decided that you are a shitty caller and he's ready to be done with you. So um, yes. I'll be the good cop of this and she'll be the bad cop as, as, as per usual. So, yeah, there is a word. There is a, a, a safe word that Joe has that uh, will mean that you have to hit the fucking bricks. So. Uh, be a good caller. Talk. So <laughs> that's not the not the first time safe words get used in the room. I'm in. <laughs> in the room that Joe's um, in right now. Yes. Uh, I believe it's a different safe word than the one you would probably use, but I, I yeah I know I don't know I never asked so um we'll, we'll find out. I think do you I, really want to know. I mean, do you uh, no, not know? no, no, probably not. Right? I really, I really do yeah. not. But um, all right, let's uh, let, we'll start out the show here uh, talking about Chris Youngblood a little bit. So this is uh, we 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 always try to do this if 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 possible. Uh, but there was another pro wrestling death uh, this week. Uh, Chris Romero, who uh, many people would know as Chris Youngblood, died at the age of 55, uh, which seems very young for someone to pass away. Uh, anyway, Chris, he's the younger brother of Steve, uh, who many people know as, as Jay Youngblood, probably the more famous of the Youngbloods. And there was also Mark Youngblood as well. So they were kind of a pro wrestling family there. But uh, uh, Chris Youngblood, Chris Romero, uh, passed away at the age of 55. And now, Joe, I'm going to be honest. I, I'm i sure I've seen a Chris Youngblood match, but I, when, when I saw this name, I was just like, yeah, it's, I'm sure I know of him, but I can't honestly say that I, I, I know much about him or I, I can remember vividly watching him wrestle. I'm sure I've seen it, whether on, on, on you know, in all Japan or, or somewhere. But uh, what, what memories do you have of Chris Youngblood? Because unfortunately, I, can, I don't know that I can offer a whole lot here. So Chris Youngblood... I suspect if you're like Rich, basically, uh, if you're not from Puerto Rico, meaning live on the island and and uh, were a fan of uh, Puerto Rican wrestling at that time, and I'm sure we have a couple listeners uh, from we have poor, we have listeners all over the world. Yeah, oh yeah, we we we, so, we have uh, we have we have writers from Puerto Rico. So yeah, there's there's probably a few people. Yeah, listening. Some, I'm sure we have some listeners from Puerto Rico. That's where uh, Chris and Mark Youngblood made their biggest impact and were the biggest stars. They were enormous stars as a tag team in Puerto Rico. Um, they had their chances in America. They they had a run in WCW in 1990 
and into 1991. Um, they were on global. Actually, I believe they held the global tag team titles at least once, probably multiple times. So if you're of a certain age or you remember global, like we talked about with Del Wilkes last week, uh, you might remember the Renegade Warriors from there and from WCW around that time. But other than that, uh, as far as American wrestling goes, that would be about it. Now, they were regulars in all Japan for many years. Again, the Renegade Warriors, uh, Chris and Mark. Um, they weren't a pushed team. I don't think they ever even won the All-Asia titles. Uh, Rich can fact check me here, but I'm yeah, I'm sure almost. I, I think I looked this up earlier, and, um, and they and I'm pretty sure they didn't. But let, let me let me double check just to make sure. They were underneath guys, mm-hmm. but they they worked a ton of tours. They always worked the tag league, you know, and they'd win like one or two matches in the tag league. They never uh, threatened to win the thing or anything. Yeah, only uh, worked- the only tag titles, the WC uh, WWC titles. Uh, they won in Puerto Rico, and then a million times, and then the World Wrestling's Superstars uh, titles. I think that's Germany, right? That's yeah, Germany. So they won it in Germany and and Puerto Rico, but never never in Japan. Those Puerto Rican titles, they probably won those a number of times. Seven, seven times. They're big stars down yeah. there, headliners. From 1987, so, they won their first titles all the way to 1998. So yeah, a long run. Yeah, and um, yeah, they were there forever. I mean, that's you know they were the you know and they would they people would give them a shot here. I mean, I'm I'm surprised they never won the global tag team titles. That's that's a surprise to me. Um. As the Renegade Warriors, but in WCW they didn't get pushed at all, and I just think the problem in America for them was their look. I just think at that time, um, you know, they, they weren't guys that had like phenomenal physiques or anything like that, and the Indian gimmicks were kind of becoming passe by that point in time. Um, you know, that kind of gimmick had peaked a few years earlier. I guess Tatanka was still able to do yeah, it. Yeah, I was good because I, I thought about that too. I thought, oh man, I probably didn't hear about him and I didn't really know much about him. They probably didn't get a very good run because of that. But then, yeah, you realize that like while they were in WCW, there was another you know Native American gimmick. And and two years later, Tatanka would go on and have a pretty big run and be undefeated and all that sort of stuff. So who was in W? Who was in uh, what's WCW? His, uh, what's his fucking name now? Um, God, why am I remembering? Why am I forgetting this dude's name? Oh God, uh, uh, Charlie Norris. Charlie Norris. Right? Charlie Norris. Oh, Charlie Norris, yeah, but like he didn't get, he didn't gain any traction either. No, like, no, no, really no. Get. I was just saying, like it wasn't, it, it was, it was dead in the sense that like it probably wasn't going. It, you weren't going to get a, a a a Chief J Strongbow out there. You know, people weren't going to rally behind the Native American wrestler. Wahoo whatever, McDaniel. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those days were gone. They could, they would still like get employed, and people would still try that gimmick because it was a tried and true gimmick for for many, many, many years. But uh, yeah, at a certain point, it had started to lose its. Uh, uh, lose its steam, and, and even the last of the Mohicans couldn't help uh, uh, it, it come again. But I, I guess Tatanka had a pretty, a pretty substantial run, I would say, from you know ninety two to. I would consider 94. Tatanka. I would consider Tatanka's run a successful run. Yeah, mm-hmm. with the, he was probably the last one, unless we're forgetting someone obvious. I mean, yeah, I'm trying to think post Tatanka. Yeah, now you, we're getting into a weird period where it's like, are you still you're still doing Native American gimmicks in like nineteen ninety seven? Once you get past Tatanka, now you're getting into an era where people find it problematic. Mm-hmm. So you're not gonna. That's what I mean. Not even gonna right. see people. Yeah, people aren't even gonna try it. 
like post Tatanka. Especially a team called the, the Renegade 30s. Warriors. <laughs> They're called the Renegade. It's two Native American men named the Renegade Warriors. So yeah, I don't know if that's going to fly. Well, anymore. the worst. Well, even worse is I don't even think they were authentic Native Americans, which makes it a thousand times worse. <laughs> they were Puerto Rican uh, men, I believe. Yes. <laughs> they were Hispanic. They were yeah. Hispanic, right? Yeah, yeah, they were, yeah. Uh, Romero. Yeah, their last name was Romero. So yeah, I, I don't think they were from any uh, specific tribe. Yeah, I think they were just. Uh, they were really from a tribe. I mean. I apologize. I just don't think they were. Um, so that even makes it even worse. And neither was Chief J. Strongbow and and Jewel Strongbow. And uh, I don't know about Wahoo McDaniel. I don't know if he was a legitimately a Native American. But the point is, just like a lot of the evil Japanese wrestlers or the evil German wrestlers, it, it, it's wrestling. So it's a lot of guys just, you know, that, that fit the gimmick. So, um, which again... It, it makes it, you know, that kind of gimmick will never work today and especially won't work if it's somebody, uh, you know, sort of uh, that isn't uh, a legitimate Native American portraying themselves. Forget it. You can't do that now. But even then, in the, in the early 90s, it was starting – the gimmick itself was starting to become a bit passe. Plus, they didn't have great bodies for the era. Um, so they had a lot working against them. And they didn't really show a ton of charisma in WCW or global either. So for whatever reason, they really clicked in Puerto Rico and they didn't really click anywhere else. And they were good enough workers for Baba to bring into all Japan. And since he was just using them as prelim guys anyway, you know, he, he just, what, what he wanted in that position on the card were just guys that can go and they could go. So, um, so that's basically it. I mean, if you, like I said, if you weren't, and I don't even, I haven't seen a ton of Puerto Rican wrestling. I've seen a lot of the main, main event stuff with Cologne, but I can't sit here and tell you that I've seen a ton of like, you know, wall to wall TV or, or major shows. Yeah. I've seen uh, like, the, I've seen some of the big matches that people say, Oh, this is a really, really good match. But yeah, I've, I've never clicked on a full show and went, all right, let's take in all the undercard. No, yeah. It's never that it's one match and I'm out, you know, pretty much. Right. So, um, you know, I can't, I'm trying to, I'm racking my brain. I don't even know if I ever saw Chris and Mark Youngblood wrestle in Puerto Rico. If I did, it, it, I don't remember, but I saw plenty of them in WCW and global, um, where honestly they, you know, and I've seen some all Japan stuff, but not even a ton there really, Uh, because you got to remember too, in those days with tape trading, um, you didn't always get full shows. They didn't even always air the full shows. And a lot of tapes were comp tapes and people were only putting the best shit. So you weren't getting like undercard tags with guys at this level. A lot right, of time right, either. right. And that's an argument we used to make all the time. You remember in our, in our days when we uh, were, were pro New Japan and as opposed to now when we're just anti and we hate it, absolutely hate New Japan, even though we'll talk about it here a little bit. But, you know, we always had that argument with people when they would say, oh, this, you know, back in, you know, five, six years ago, oh, this New Japan sucks because all Japan was so much better. The hits were so much better in all Japan. And, and you would always say like, well, you, look, you didn't watch the whole show. Like we're watching every New Japan show that makes tape and we're watching it from the beginning of the show to the end of the show. Show, I mean, you, you can't compare it directly to All Japan because in All Japan, you were watching the hits. Those tapes would come in and it was the best matches. It was the important matches. It was the top guys. It was that sort of stuff. You weren't slumming up and watching, yeah, the Young Bloods undercard matches very often on the tapes you'd get. Maybe you did. Maybe you get to get full, some full show tapes uh, here and there. But you were usually seeing the highlights. You were seeing the best matches, the best stars, all that sort of stuff. So that was, that was an argument we used to use all the time, if you remember, when people would say, oh, well, I, I mean, New Japan's good, but there's a lot of crap on New Japan shows. And there was never any crap on All Japan. And it's like, well, maybe. We don't know because we weren't watching everything that they did. 
Right. I mean, you weren't watching Wolf Hawkfield. You know, you you were watching, you know, you were watching Kawada. But um, yeah. So I could see why someone of your age, where this where this wrestler and that tag team would have slipped through the cracks a little bit because. You were a little young for 1990 WCW. Yeah, and I've gone back and watched a lot of it, and that's what I mean. Like, I'm positive that I have seen these guys wrestle. I have watched Halloween Havoc 1990, and I know they're against the Freebirds yeah. on that. I've seen uh, both of the Clash of the Champions, I think, that they were on. I'm looking now. 13, yeah, okay. So I knew for a fact they were on at least two or three Clash of the Champions. They were on 13 and 14. This is a nice booking here by WCW 1990. Uh, Clash of the Champions number 13, Thanksgiving Thunder. They have the Renegade Warriors defeat the Nasty Boys. By DQ, though, I was gonna say it's like they couldn't give them, they couldn't give the they couldn't give the Native Americans a clean win on Thanksgiving Thunder against the Nasty Boys. Come on, well they they <laughs> gave them a, a decent shot. They just couldn't get over. Yeah. it was just the wrong time. No, it, it it definitely no, was. But... Yeah, and then and then they like slowly. Yeah, then Class of Champions fourteen. They were against Arn Anderson, Barry Windham, and and lost. And that's it. That's it for them. They they kind of wrap up. Uh, after that in WCW. So I have seen them wrestle, but they like no endearing memories of them. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm positive I've seen them on Halloween Havoc. I'm positive I've seen them on those Clash of the Champions. But that would really be the extent of it. I don't remember ever seeing them on, on all, all Japan. And then the global stuff, maybe here or there, but 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 I haven't watched full global either. So yeah, they unfortunately he did kind of slip through the cracks uh, f- for me. And then I know he popped up in FMW many, many, many years later, but I've never been a big uh, going back and watching a whole lot of FMW stuff. So yeah, They were pushed in global. I mean, I, I remembered them as tag champs, but I guess that's wrong. But um, they they were pushed in global. I you know they they were seemingly on global every week, like in nineteen ninety one, I guess ninety one or so. Um, yeah, yeah, but you know Jay Youngblood, obviously, uh, the biggest star out of those out of those three brothers, the tag team of Ricky Steamboat and everything, and um, but he died young. 30. And it was 30 years old. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. And it was supposed to be Jay and Mark going to Puerto Rico, but Jay died. So then it was Jay, then it was Mark and Chris. And who knows what would have happened with Chris Youngblood if Jay lived? Because he never, because without that tag team, he didn't have much. That was his career. Yeah, oh, I don't that think tag he. Team I, was I, his career. I don't know that, and 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 maybe someone that knows a little bit more that's listening and 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 could could follow up. But I don't think he even wrestled before his brother died. So it may have been literally like maybe he maybe he maybe did a little shots here and there. But I think that it was essentially, hey, look, we need you, so you're stepping up and you're and you're going to be you know the new tag team partner here. But I'm pretty sure his career begins uh, when his brother dies or, or or just before it. So yeah, he very young into his career though. One way or another, when when his brother dies, so yeah, you're right. He he's probably he's probably not wrestling. He probably is not involved uh, in the business, or or at least not to the level that we that we know him. Uh, if his brother does not pass away, so his father was an enormous star uh, in in the territories he worked in, but um, he he had to start super young because he's only fifty five. I mean, and he was wrestling by nineteen eighty five or so. So that, and that's what, and his brother that. passed away in '85 as well. So yeah, that that's where that timeline adds up. Uh, adds up. So that's, uh, what thirty six years ago, right? Yeah. And he's fifty five. Oh, so he he's started 19. as a teenager. Yeah, he's nineteen. Started as a teenager. So, because uh, most of his contemporaries are older than fifty five at this point. Um. 
So yeah, we don't have any details of how he died or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, no one knows just yet. Yeah, just fifty five years old. So either way, that's uh, not not great. But uh, yeah, we just thought we'd, ch- we'd talk about him for a little bit. And uh, I'm assuming you don't have any cyanide Sid Cooper uh, stories to give us. So I know um, nothing about cyanide. Yeah, he, he also Cooper. passed away, and I I know nothing about um, cyanide Sid Cooper either. So I feel like it, I I feel like Dusty Rhodes just didn't for whatever reason. And I don't mean this in a personal level because I have no clue, but just didn't like the Youngbloods because he never – because Jay Youngblood was obviously an enormous star before Dusty took over the book. And I guess Jay would have died before Crockett really – well, no, 85. I mean he never brought Jay Youngblood back, and he never brought Mark and Chris in to – Crockett while mm-hmm. he was booking. and I think I, so, I if I remember correctly I think Youngblood I for probably for the reason that he he passed you know because he just stopped showing up to shows and I uh, had a huge alcohol issues I think he stopped I think he started wrestling just all over the world for a long time before that end like because the NWA run I think he ended that pretty I mean I think by 83 or so I think he was done or 84 he was done in NWA and then just kind of traveled all over the place that, that my, my timeline oh, might be a little bit he? wrong Fired for no showing and yeah, stuff. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay. So he he was in NWA technically until '85, doing a lot of Florida stuff. So he would have he would have definitely crossed paths with. I mean, yeah, yeah. Crockett wise, yeah. It's it's. Yeah, well, wouldn't wouldn't Dusty have been booking him in Florida? That's what I mean. Yeah. So so he obviously did work with him for well, a while. Maybe maybe other forces in Crockett were like, "This guy burned us before." Right, 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 right. But but Dusty brothers either and really they never got a shot until 90 so um i just i i just don't get the sense that a lot of american promoters saw money in them in in mark and chris because nobody really gave them a shot until global until wcw and then you know global global was around the same time i think global was after short wcw run Yes, yeah, for it, the, was. For it, the, was. it was. Yeah, so of course, Global coming off of TV, where they were going to, you know what I mean? That's a, you could see why they would give them a try. But no one really tried them in the States until 1990, even though they were drawing big money in Puerto Rico. So, you know, and, and there would have been, you know, the AWA in the dying days or, or, uh, you know Memphis, or but they just really, really. And now maybe, maybe some of those places did want them, but they were doing so well in Puerto Rico that they just weren't interested. You know, yeah. Oh, and, and, all Japan. And, and the getting must have been good in Puerto Rico because you know another famous story too is they were there when Bruiser Brody you know got murdered and worked the show, and then they came back many times after for years and years and years. So uh, yeah. clearly, you know, uh, they're like, eh, well, whatever. I mean, I'm getting paid, so it's all good. Like. You yeah, know? some guys wouldn't go back. Yeah. They went back for, for many years. They went back deep into um, the for 90s. decade, yeah, <laughs> for another decade, pretty much, so a decade plus. So, so obviously, the, the yeah. getting was good, or the, it didn't affect them that much, or yeah, maybe they didn't think very highly of Brody. I don't know. It's, it, there's always that is one of the the very. I mean that that story, and there's so much about that story, and there's so much that that has been dug into about that and discussed about that and all that sort of stuff. But I feel like. I mean, we've only scratched the surface of just like dudes who who you know 
would never work there again or the guys that were like i don't really care like it's just it's so bizarre what a weird weird story in in, in processing history how how very little actually changed when a man got murdered backstage you know like it changed to an extent that a few guys were like i'm not doing that shit anymore but pretty much business as usual after uh you know after uh, that all happens and it's it's pretty wild yeah i mean the guy set out to kill him and then he just wrestled yeah. <laughs> later on the show right <laughs> Well, what are we doing here? You know, like got took took to the hospital, and they went. Well, show must go on. All right, guys, let's get out there. Let's go. Let's work. Work the show. Yeah. Oh, we so, died. Huh? Well, whatever. We got a show next month, so who cares? It's just it's wild. Yeah, it's wild. So Jay definitely worked with Dusty in Florida. Yes, and then he died. Yeah. Of course, mm-hmm. died in '85. But you would think that Dusty, once he took over the book in Crockett, would have said. Well, Jay was a big star here just a couple of years ago. Why not give the brothers a shot? There could be something. And they never brought them in, which I don't know. I just find that a little bit weird. Like He didn't even give them any opportunity. Uh, unless, again, maybe they did. And these guys were just like, no, we're making plenty of money elsewhere. But uh, I don't know. I just, I just always thought that was a little bit strange. Or maybe um, everyone just... Maybe just nobody thought that those there was any money. Yeah, in those guys. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, maybe smartly he realized that it wasn't going anymore. So, all right. So that is that is that uh, that, is, that is Chris Youngblood, and as we said, uh, uh, Cyanide Sid Cooper, who uh, who passed away as well. But you and I are, are not the authorities uh, on that whatsoever. He's old world world of sport UK guy. I don't think he ever went stateside, right? And I think he pretty much was done when world of sport was done as well. So. Uh, not our wheelhouse at all. So unfortunately, we can't give you. Anything. I mean, I know who he is. Yeah, I've heard the I, I I've heard the any... name just because it's an all, like an all time great wrestling name. Cyanide Sid is a great name, but I, I I can't imagine I've ever seen a match of his to be honest. So I have nothing to add about his life or him. Yeah, so no there's problem. no point, you know. So that's his. Uh, that's that. Is Chris Youngblood and, and Cyanide Sid. So let's get to some of the other topics that we're talking about uh, uh, today. And again, as we said, uh, if you're interested in any of the topics we're talking about, you want to give your thoughts. Uh, that is when you're going to try to call in, get onto the uh, the flagship super fans holder room, and then when we are done talking, uh, we'll bring you guys up. Or when we we're, we're ready to hear some other thoughts, we'll bring you guys up. But uh, yeah, talk about the topic we're talking about. Don't just ask us random questions about stuff. But let's uh let's get to two uh, pretty uh, important debuts or important uh, moments uh, on this week's. Uh, uh, Dynamite, and you have done your Thursday tier reviews. That is up right now at patreon.com uh, slash voices of wrestling $5 tier. I have not heard that yet, so uh, apologies if I'm repeating some of the stuff or I'm making you repeat some of the stuff uh, that you said on that. But Thursday tier reviews are up $5 tier, uh, patreon.com slash voices of wrestling. But uh, two big debuts. We'll start with the first one Malachi Black, the former Tommy and Alistair Black, has debuted. Uh, in AEW, and I would say for all the jokes that we've made about him, all the laughing that we've <laughs> had at his expense, uh, that's a pretty damn good debut. I'm, I'm, I'm still a little worried based on what I've seen over the last month, but uh, as far as a debut, a, a moment, a, a, a few second snippet, I mean, this is this is as good as a debut gets. Guy comes out, beats up a top star, crowd goes nuts, and he leaves. Like that's that's pretty good on my book. I mean, this is how you debut someone who you think can make some money for you. Yeah. You know, he, he beat up, you know, arguably their top baby face or one of their top baby faces and immediately is in a feud with one of their top guys. He looked great. Um, the lights out gimmick and turning the lights back on ensured that he was going to get a pop. 
this is how you do it. Yeah, I, th- I thought, I, and I don't know if you mentioned this in the Thursday tier reviews, but I love that they, and they were able to kind of use real life a little bit where the lights flicker a little bit during the Cody match and they go, oh yeah, you know, Florida, there's been bad weather and stuff. Like that's, uh, they're, <laughs> you know what I mean? They're kind of, I don't want to say they're lucky, but it has enough working that there's like a tropical storm going on there right now and there's a bunch of weather. Like, because, you know, sometimes they'll say, oh, there's been inclement weather in the area and it's like, you, sometimes it's just like total bullshit. You know, you know it's, it's not, but in this case, it did make sense. You're like, ah, oh, you know what? That, that, I could buy that the lights would maybe go out a little bit and then they go out fully and then he debuts. But uh, yeah, it, it, it's, you, you really couldn't, script a better debut for a guy than what, than what he got here. Listen, as a veteran wrestling watcher, I knew something was up when they did that, but it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's still, it's, it, it ended up being actually really clever because they did it during Cody's match. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it all tied in to later on him picking a beef with Cody and Arn. And it really was, a tremendous piece of booking from start to finish because you had Cody wrapping up his feud with QT Marshall and beating him definitively in the strap match with the three crossroads and, uh, and then touching all four corners. So you put QT Marshall in the rear view, you have the blow off to that feud, the light flickers during that match. And then an hour later, it's on to the next thing for Cody. And, this presumably will be, you know, a pay-per-view match and one of the matches they'll put on their pay-per-view. So um, just a tremendous piece of booking from start to finish to transition Cody from the QT Marshall feud to this feud. Yeah, it's something that good good bookers and good companies are always doing. Uh, classic Paul Heyman thing where once one feud's over, the next yeah. feud moves on. ROH would obviously adopt that with Gabe Sapolsky. Pretty much a minute that the one feud was done, another feud would start. Uh, NXT used to do a really good job with it, especially with a guy like a Sami Zayn or whatever. They're like uber baby faces. It would never be a moment where that guy would rest without you know the next guy coming up and beating his ass or or getting him. I mean, he wins the title and then his best friend turns on him seconds later. You know that type of stuff where it's really cool. And that and that's that's like classic pro wrestling one on one booking is that yeah once you put one feud in the rear view, you get started in the next one instead of a holding pattern. Instead of oh what is this guy going to do for a few weeks when you got top stars and you got top guys and you have people and you have clear heel baby faces and all that sort of stuff just go right i mean just jump right into it do it uh, and it makes it that much more you know impactful so i i loved that yeah like you said he puts it you know in a, a few segments prior he puts qt in the rear view and then there's no delay of hey what are they gonna do with cody what's next for cody it's like we know <laughs> you know what i mean we know now the entire next pay-per-view cycle or the next you know two three months we know exactly what cody's gonna be involved in and that's that's just that's good booking that's making sure that you know what you're gonna get to that's planning ahead that's just i mean that that is the hallmark of a company that 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 knows what they're doing and is is is, is you know is is sticking with their plans and, and and actually planning for god's sakes which is a lot to ask for in, in, in modern pro wrestling companies unfortunately so now the video he put out earlier in the day oh, is Jesus. deeply concerning <laughs> i do not okay? like do not like you didn't like you didn't like him you know, literally slitting the throat and walking into a, a yeah a, a mental institute and his eye patch and stuff yeah that that i am i'm i like the debut i am still very worried about our man uh, tom end though i i am still deeply deeply concerned uh, about this man and the 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 ideas that he's going to bring to the 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 the, uh, the table which i i'm still very very worried about yeah, once you start killing people or using sorcery, you know that I'm out. I have no use for it. Um, I thought the video uh, was terrible. It just it's it's too far from what pro wrestling is or what should be. Um, 
it, it's like, and then you have people saying, oh, well, Moxley did it and everybody loved it. That is not the same. That Moxley video was, it had nothing to do with, <laughs> with the gimmick that John Moxley's trying to portray. That was just a hype video for the guy's return to wrestling. Also, correct me if I'm wrong, he just like escaped from a prison and ran away, right? It's just like an action movie kind of thing, <laughs> like, and it was just a, how are we comparing a man murdering people <laughs> and having superpowers? It was more of like a hype video for his return, right? And and the other context that you're missing is John Moxley didn't do hours and hours of Twitch streams talking about black magic and and fucking corny ass storylines that no that never would have gotten over. He just put out a hype video for his return. It's a completely different scenario. Um. So from that perspective, you know, that's not a good argument. And once you start slitting people's throats and things, I've, I, I have, I really, I, you just completely lose me. I have no use for that. It's Lucha Underground bullshit. Um, but look, it, it's, it's, we've kind of been assured that some of the worst of the worst ideas aren't going to get through in this case. So, uh, we'll see. I'll, I'll approach it from that perspective. Um. I really don't think that AEW and Tony Khan would do some kind of Bray Wyatt type character. I don't believe they would do that. Um, Tony Khan says that he regrets the early Matt Hardy stuff that they did early in the pandemic. Remember with the uh, levitation? And yeah, the, yeah, yeah. And the disappearing. You know, he, he is he's on record saying he regrets doing that. And we destroyed that. Remember when we destroyed oh, that on one of the did. pandemic shows? Oh yes. <laughs> it's yeah. You know, so I don't I don't think you have to worry about Tom N's worst instincts infiltrating uh the AEW booking. Whereas if he were still in WWE there's a good chance that that stuff would see the oh, light. Oh god, of yes. Oh god, yes. Yeah, I would say well, one thing that I have noticed is over the last year there was when they, when AEW first started, there was the Nightmare Collective and the Dark Order, and and then obviously the Matt Hardy stuff. In the last year, there has not really been, and maybe I'm missing something, maybe I'm forgetting something. There hasn't been a whole lot of like quote unquote universe breaking things that have happened in, in that company. You know what I mean? It's been pretty much a pro wrestling company where where everybody exists in in human form, and you know what I mean? Like it's 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 not really anything that wild. Even the Dark Order, they've kind of after that December show when we, that we absolutely roasted, uh, uh, you know, completely unbelievably roasted you know a couple years ago that sort of slowed down a little bit and that became pretty normal and even the Brody Lee stuff was 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 rooted in reality it wasn't rooted in you know any of the Lucha Underground shit as you like to say and the Nightmare Collective went away and it was never spoken of again and like you said we had the brief kind of foray into the Matt Hardy thing and now he's just kind of like a dude you know what I mean like he's just a normal human being uh, so so that has been reassuring that they have been human <laughs> you know like again it's so ridiculous that I have to qualify this in a fucking pro wrestling show but it is nice that everybody's been human nobody has died uh, nobody's levitated. Nobody's time traveled. Like we, we've kind of kept it into just being human beings and a wrestling show, which is is unfortunately something that we do have to qualify again. That that uh, is, is is wild. But yes, Tom N strikes me as a guy who would like to break all those uh, confines uh, of human beings and, and and the human universe. But uh, hopefully, 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 uh, they tell him. Mm, how about you just kick ass? How about you just go out there and throw some fucking spin kicks and kick some ass? So. You want to wear a little eye makeup to sell your eye injury? Cool, brody. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> do it. We don't care. But just go out there and throw sidekicks and just be an ass kicker. Let's just do that instead. So hopefully. Eh. 
source in the room says it won't be a problem. Yeah, I, I hope. I, source. I, I, I'm, I'm confident in that. Yeah, I, I think, like I said, the last year, I think they've been pretty good about it. So, yeah. um, a source in the room says it won't be a problem. Now, I mean, will they have source. to? <laughs> will they get annoyed yeah. of having to deflect his dumb ideas uh, week after week? Probably. Uh, given the Twitch stream where he just would not shut up about his ideas, uh, probably. And I guess that's a good thing that a guy's like excited about his character and excited about his stuff. But uh, I can see that getting a little annoying when knock, knock, <laughs> it's Tommy with a piece of paper. And you're like, oh, Jesus Christ. What, what now, Tom? <laughs> what? <laughs> like, all right. Look. No, no, no. It's not like my last idea. All right. So what happens is I kill Brandy. Yeah. And it's like, no, <laughs> no, you're not killing Brandy. Like, Right, right. Like, I, yeah, yeah. I steal Liberty and then I kill Brandy. No, we're not doing that. Yeah. It'll be good heat. I No, we're not having you steal his newborn and kill his wife. No, we're not doing it. Look, if he wants to be a goth boy and be dark and brooding and be a little spooky, I'll roll my eyes, but I can live with it as long as he's not doing sorcery, as long as he's not doing, like, black magic. As long as we're not pretending that he's got like mystical powers, I can live with it. You know, I, I still think it's a little dorky. It's a little cringe. But as long as he just at the end of the day, he gets in the ring and wrestles. I don't have a problem with, you no, know, even the rebranding, the Malachi Black. I mean, yeah, I roll my eyes. I just think he should be Tommy End. But it's just a name. You know what I mean? It's just a name, and the thing with names in wrestling is eventually you get used to them. And, it, and it, it's people make too big a deal of that sometimes. What you don't want is Malachi Black wearing a wearing a fucking dark fucking uh, hooded fucking coat and 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 you know and stirring up a brew and putting the eye of Newt. Like once we start getting to that territory, <laughs> you know, then I'm out. You know, if he if he starts casting spells and kidnapping people and uh, you know that. But but again, I'm pretty confident. I'm fairly confident that you know that kind of shit. That he talked about on the Twitch stream is is not is not getting through. And if he wants to wear different colored tights cool. and do little Easter eggs cool. for him <laughs> and his super nerdy fucking fans, I don't give a sh- fine. Yeah, you know what I mean. As long as I just it doesn't don't want Excalibur to, say, you know, I just want Excalibur to address it. Is is fine. So yes, not yeah, yourself out. Pal. Like yeah, like the, if you noticed, I wear a, I wore a yeah. green stripe on my sock, and that signified that Luchasaurus was my next opponent. Yeah, cool, fine, <laughs> cool story, bro. If that yeah. makes you happy, yeah, right? <laughs> you know what I mean. As long as you're not <laughs> casting spells on Luchasaurus or or murdering fucking Marco Stunt in a fucking sacrifice, then 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 I don't I don't care because I don't have to pay attention to that stuff. Yeah, I'm totally with you. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, great debut. Great debut from, from, from Malachi Black, and, and, and we'll see. I mean, the guy can go, absolutely. Yeah, he can absolutely go. It's, 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 it's the worry that we, we have, and, and obviously we will still have until we kind of see him go. But uh, like we said, like the source in the room, uh, it seemed to indicate that uh, that stuff won't, won't, won't be as much, which, which is uh, the unfortunate what this part. Fucking guy, what this fucking guy doesn't realize is there's no shortage of spooky dorks in pro wrestling right now. What there is a shortage of are fucking no-nonsense ass-kickers. Right. A guy where the bell rings he and he should... throws a spin kick and he can kill you in, in 10 seconds via yeah. kick. Yeah. That's cool. Do that. And he, and he could be that. He should exploit that instead of uh, trying to be spooky guy number 973, which I, I, that doesn't, you know, but I don't know. Who knows? I don't know what goes through the minds of these people, but um, 
But yeah, yeah, and, and anyway. there's plenty of people too on the other side, on the flip side of that, that will will tell you, oh no, it's good. You know, he should do that. It's cool. It it, it reaches non wrestling fans and all this like bullshit that we hear yeah, over sure and over again. Yeah. And again, like we always say, okay, the one example everyone's going to bring up is the Undertaker. Cool. Okay, great. I, there's some arguments about the Undertaker first off to be made. Like you always say, you thought he was a fucking dork even in 1992 because you were pretty much an asshole. But that's fine, whatever. Yeah. Like that, that, you know, even if you think the Undertaker ruled, great. That's one guy in 40 years in major American pro wrestling that has really worked uh, at that level. Bray Wyatt, that when 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 all that stuff started to get supernatural, it stopped working, and it was a a cancer to everybody it touched. When it hit Dean Ambrose, it ruined his career. When it hit Seth Rollins, it damaged his career. It, once you started doing that shit with Bray Wyatt, when he wasn't just the creepy cult leader guy, once he became a supernatural and 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 ghosts and fucking Sister Abigail's and shit, it was a wreck. It was a disaster. And even though Reddit mutants love it. It's never been success. It's not been successful on any level whatsoever at that point. And, and the fiend never was either. And it's, it's like, yeah. So, so, and again, we did it a few weeks ago. We were talking about Alistair Black. Like people come up with, oh, this stuff's good. This stuff, you, know, I, you know, what about the Undertaker? Okay, cool. What about Mordecai? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I have so many more examples of it not working than I have it, one example of it working. So maybe go with what usually works as opposed to what almost never works. That's just, if I was running a business, that's how I would operate is, hey, what's something that usually works? I'm going to do more of that as opposed to something that very, very, very rarely works. Continuing to try that and hope that it maybe works again like it did that one time. It's bad. That seems like bad business, but, you know, that's fine. AEW seems to hopefully get that, so that's a uh, that's, uh, that's big Tom end there. But uh, let's talk about another uh, debut that happened on uh, AEW uh, this week as well. Andrade, not his official debut, but his first match, we should say here, uh, for Andrade uh, in AEW. Now, I know you've had some Andrade thoughts uh, on, on, on the Thursday tea reviews. I know you had some Andrade thoughts on this week's uh, Thursday tea reviews. So I don't, I don't want to make you repeat yourself too much there. And people can obviously listen to that on the $5 tier, patreon.com slash voices of wrestling. But uh, what did you think of Andrade uh, versus Matt Seidel? Um, I thought the match was fine. I think people are being too hard on the match. I don't think it was a great match, but I thought it was a good match. Uh, it had a flat finish because nobody, because Andrade's finish isn't over. And it stinks. But but more importantly, it isn't over. So it felt flat because people weren't sure. Like, ne- the next time Andrade does that move, people will react at, like it's the finish. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's why the finish was a little flat. But um, it wasn't like a great co- breakout performance or anything like that. It wasn't the right kind of match or the right kind of performance for his debut. Um but and I thought Seidel was really good in the match. But Seidel's been good all year. But but yeah, I just you know it was a, the match was fine, but it didn't need to be a match that was just fine, especially after his debut was kind of a dud. His first match really needed to be a home run, and it wasn't. But the bigger concern for me is that he didn't really get a pop when he came out, and no one's treating him like a star. I mean, you could argue he got one of the worst pops on the entire show in terms of people coming out. I mean, and that kind of mirrored the reaction he got when he was introduced in the first place. So that's the bigger concern here. The match could have been better. The match layout could have been better. His performance could have been better. Vicky is doing him no favors. Uh, His introduction did him no favors. His gear is doing him no favors. But despite all of that stuff that I am not pretending uh, I'm not pretending any of that stuff isn't working against him or not 
helping him. None of it is. And that's all bad. And the rollout hasn't been good. But that's not the core issue. The core issue to me is Andrade is not the charismatic superstar that people perceive him to be. He's just not. There's no evidence of that in America. Put Mexico aside. I'm not talking about Mexico. Okay? Um, that's a whole different animal. Carlos Colon, biggest star in the history of Puerto Rico. Couldn't get over in America. Sometimes you don't get over in a different place. Sometimes you get over in one place, but you don't get over in another place. We just talked about the Renegade Warriors. Got over huge in Puerto Rico. Couldn't get over anywhere else. So I'm not talking about Mexico here. I'm talking about America. Guy came to NXT. He was that suspenders-wearing dork who was so frustrated that he... You always bring up the suspenders. The I was a big fan of the hat. You always, you always bring up the suspenders, which is true. The suspenders were a very... But the hat. I always... The hat was so dorky. It was so weird. It was, like, kind of small and, like, it just... It was bad. Yeah, People and, forget and, about that. People come. Eddie, if you close your eyes and you think of Andrade and NXT, everybody thinks him and Zelina main eventing, you know, a, a takeover and having a great match. There was a long period of not that. There was a long period of suspenders and the little hat, Andrade, which was not Rich, good. He almost, Rich, he almost quit. Yeah. He almost got cut because he could not get over. He doesn't have this overwhelming natural charisma that people claim he has. He just doesn't. He didn't show it on the main roster. He was a good wrestler on the main roster. He had some nice matches on the main roster. But he never came across like this guy that had overwhelming superstar charisma. The only time he ever got over as a top guy is when they put him with Zelina. And as we said at the time, and this is not revisionist history, as we said at the time, Zelina was the star of that act, not him. She was the key part of the act and the star of the act. The entire basis of that story was she was this gold-thirsty person who wanted to go to the top, and she used him to get there. Yeah, he just happened and to be the person bail. that she picked, yeah. Yes, and she would bail him out in every one of his matches. Rich, what was the, the key high spot in every Andrade match in NXT? Yeah, she would interfere or, or get involved and or pull the, the referee the out. Or, the yeah. Yeah. yeah, She would do the Rana off the fucking apron. That was the, that was the key high spot. She would always bail him out. She was the star of the act. Not him. Okay? And whenever he's been apart from her in America, now looking at this AEW run as well, it's always underwhelming. Why? Because you think Andrade is this ultra-charismatic, shoe-in, lock of a superstar, but he isn't. He doesn't have it. There's something missing with him. And I don't know what it is. Because he has the size. He has the look. He has the body. He has the ability. But, Rich, how many guys have there been historically who almost had everything, but they were missing that one intangible that you couldn't put your finger on, and they never quite got over the hump. And maybe they had nice careers, and maybe they made millions of dollars even, but they never got to the heights that people thought they were going to get to. There is a trail of pro wrestlers in history who either didn't make it at all or maybe got to a certain point, and that was it for them, and he's another one. I don't know what it is that he's missing. I don't know what it is that he's lacking, okay? And I'm not writing him off forever. He could be a top guy. But he's not someone who's just going to – you're just going to plop him in there and he's going to get there. It's going to take some work because he doesn't – he's not – he doesn't have it. I don't know what it is in his case, but he's missing it. He got in that ring last night and he did not pop off the screen. He did not pop off the screen. You can blame Vicky. You can blame the match. You can blame the match structure. You can blame his gear. You can make all the excuses you want for this guy. Okay? Go ahead. But I can tell you this, Rich, and I guarantee you this. if a month ago or whenever it was, if Vicky Guerrero comes out 
and she introduces CM Punk. Do you think he gets a reaction? <laughs> I think he probably would, yeah. If Vicky Guerrero comes out a month ago and she introduces Brian Danielson, do you think he gets a reaction? Probably, okay. yeah. I would say pretty good chance, yeah. <laughs> These are rhetorical questions, of right, course. Right, yeah, okay, course. If she introduces Brock Lesnar, I can go right down the line. Pick your free agent star of choice. It is. This guy is not them. And the problem is, people think he is. He's not. He never was. And again, leave Mexico out of it. If you want to bring Japan into it, he was a mid-carder there too. And I liked his work. But, mid-carder, feuding with Shinsuke Nakamura, who was a main eventer. Nakamura moved down the card to work with him. Look it up. Okay? And I liked his work there. I like him. But he's not just this natural, automatic top guy. Okay? He's not. And they're not doing him any favors. They're not. That's not – I'm not arguing that they're handling him right, well. Right, right. His I presentation think... has been atrocious. Yeah, right, right. He, he, what, 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 and, and I think you and I kind of agree on this. Is I, I think that the presentation and the rollout and everything has been very bad. Terrible, terrible. But he is not, like you saying, he's not an overwhelming enough superstar to make up for that. We're, like you said, if CM Punk came out and we're like, fuck, Eddie, Vicky Guerrero, like, what are they doing? It wouldn't matter because it's like, ah, who cares? CM Punk's an AW. That's fucking awesome. Like, who cares? He'd still get a huge pop. He did that at GTS. The crowd would go nuts. Everybody would go nuts. Whereas Andrade needs all the help. He is a guy who definitely. There, there's, there's all, there's something there with him. I think there's obviously money to be made with this guy. I think you can obviously do stuff with him. He just needs to have the right scenario around him. And in the case of NXT, they got there. They got there with, you know, with Zelina, where, where it worked. It was like, okay, cool. This is a perfect pairing. This works. This is good. Zelina's, you know, can can make up for all the stuff that he doesn't have. She can make up for it. And that is where I think you're going to have to get the most out of Andrade, if you are going to get the most out of him, is you are going to have to put him in a perfect situation. He is not a guy that you just roll out and say, okay, go, get over. And it's like, he's never been that guy in America. He's never been a guy that you could just say, okay, go, get over. And that's going to be an issue because AEW... Maybe they thought, and, and there are, seems like a lot of people do think that eventually, like, he's just a guy that's going to get over. And, 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 and I think you and I both disagree that, like, there needs to, like, they need to do everything that they can to give him everything he needs to get over. He's one of those guys. And when it, when it works like that, it could be very good. It could be a main event uh, thing. It could be an upper mid-card thing. But just having him go out there and just giving him whatever, and in this case, Vicky and, 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 and the rollout that, that has been less than whatever, it's been pretty bad, he's, he's not a cream rise to the top type of guy. He's a guy that's going to need a bunch of stuff to accentuate his positives and hide his negatives, and so far they have not done that in AEW, and he's not a guy that's going to rise above that. So now we're kind of at where we're at right now, where obviously he's been here for a month and he feels like a complete non-factor. Nobody, I mean, just no buzz about him. The match had nothing to it. And and yeah, who knows? It might end up working out, but like, it seems very hard to project whatever this is right now, whatever it's going on on Andrade right now, it's hard to project that ever becoming anything more than, than just a mid-card guy. I mean, again, you know, the presentation aspects of it aren't his fault, but um, do you think he's a guy that's getting in there? He's, he's, let me put it to you this way. And I think this is a point you made earlier when we talked in the Slack or something. But he's he cannot overcome this lousy presentation. He's right. not a guy who's going to be able right. to overcome that. Um, so he's someone where you're really going to have to fix the way he's presented. And um, you know, if, if people think, okay, he could fire Vicky Guerrero on TV next week. If people think that's magically going to get him over, they're wrong. I mean, it, that's that's such a crutch to blame that or to blame. 
the 50-50 Matt Seidel match. None of those things helped. And now, look, he should have went in there, and I don't think the match should have been quite as competitive as it was. That's a match where you give Matt Seidel, you know, one little hope spot, and then Andrade cuts him off, and he beats him decisively, right? But they kind of went 50-50, which was, was the wrong structure. The gear, I don't care about that. I mean, th- that doesn't mean anything to me because I don't think the gear is to the point where it, it, he's making a mockery of himself or anything like that. I think he looks fine. And from what I understand, is it what he wore to come out? Isn't that some kind of cartoon character or something? Isn't Maybe. He kind of I, dude, I don't know. You're, you're asking the wrong guy, unfortunately. I think, so. he's, I think he's one of these guys doing a cartoon character or whatever. But it also fits the whole... Los and Gabrinobles thing, where he comes out with the suit and he yeah. just oh yeah yeah so yeah I, yeah that's classic I, and that's been through his entire career basically. So I'm not all wrapped up in the gear like a lot of people are, but um, but you know it, it's the at the end of the day, none of these things are helping, but they're not the reason that he's not coming across as a star. He's not coming across as a star because, and I'm sorry, and people won't want to hear this, he's not a star. Can he be a star? Yes. Uh, do I pat him on the back and congratulate him? Or becoming a sought-after free agent and probably securing an enormous amount of money due to this perception that he's a big star? No doubt. You know, good for him. Okay? But uh, listen, this is what we've talked about since the advent of AEW. This is great for everyone, this kind of competition. Because guys like this who haven't really proven themselves as stars can go out there and get big money because uh, because of, uh, you know... Um, uh, because of, of getting offers and, and, and the you know people being competitive trying to sign these guys. So good for him for taking advantage of that, exploiting that. You know, it's important to take advantage of that buzz when you're a new free agent, especially with him where he got the uh he got the uh the, There's no compete, the, uh, yeah, there's no compete uh, waved right yeah, away. He got that waved and everything. So, you know, um but yeah, this is a guy where I, I listen, I'm not writing him off. I want people to understand this. I'm not writing him off. I would love to get to get a hold of this guy, I'd love to book him because I think I have ways that I could get him over to a superstar level, and it's not anything that they've done with him yet. It's not giving what him a grandmother. Think- yeah, it's not giving him a grandmother and some weird dude and having him wrestle fifty fifty matches with Matt Seidel. It's not the way I would book it. I think I would book it slightly differently. So, what do you think of the argument of okay, but they did the same thing with Miro because they were waiting to push pedal to the floor on him so they kind of stalled it out with the video game stuff and then when they were ready to put the the pedal to the floor they were able to do so and look at him now i think that's a what do you think argument. of that counter argument for andre i think it's a terrible counter argument because i it, like i don't think they ever intend hey let's book this guy badly no you know what i mean like i don't think they sit in the room and go hey right, what's the worst way we can use andrade for three months so that when we do decide to do him push him well uh, people will just forget that all the bad stuff happened. Like, I don't think that happens. Like, I think they thought that they were doing the right thing with Miro. I think they think that they're doing the right thing with Andrade. Nobody books, uh, very few people, I should say, book with the intent that it's going to be bad. So, no, I don't think it's an intentional thing, and I don't think it's a good thing. I don't th- I, I don't see why you would want to do that. I mean, you have the guy, and, and the problem is with that is you risk that when you do try to put the pedal to the metal, it's not going to matter, and people are going to say, well, fuck this guy. We don't care about him anymore. So I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't pay a guy a bunch of money and then book him badly for three months with the hope that eventually when we decide to book him well, that it's going to go well. I mean, that, that's, that's an asinine argument. The, the Miro thing is good now, but that doesn't – let's not whitewash the fact that it was a fucking disaster for a while there. Let, let's not retcon it and say this was always the goal is to – you know, it was supposed to be bad so that now it's good. Like I'm not I'm – not, you can, you can get, get rid of that shit with me. I don't, I don't care. 
uh, to be fair, we were told that they weren't pushing him yet and they weren't going to push him until 2021. And then it did play out that way. Now, what I would say about Andrade is I feel like they're trying to push him now. <laughs> That's no, the they think this is good. Like this is the like I don't yeah. really think in the room they're going. Well, how can we uh, how can we stall Andrade for four or five months and then you know when, no they they think that this is good. Like they think that they're they're right. doing the right thing with him. There's no chance in hell that they're paying the guy the money that they're paying him and, and doing all they did and, and the way they debuted him with the idea that hey you know what it's just a holding pattern until we're ready to do something with him. This is the thing that they want to do with him. It's just not yeah. working. <laughs> it's bad. So. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, no, it it it's not working, and you know uh, none of it's good. Um, he's not coming across like a star at all. Um, he's got a lot of things working against him. Uh, you know, it, it's kind of unless they have something else up their sleeve, which I'm not aware of. It's it's to the point where you you got to maybe start rethinking it a little about what you're doing here, and possibly changing course in some ways. Um. You know, and again, it's it's the crowd reactions that are that are concerning to me. That tells you that the fans don't see him at the level that a lot of you know that for whatever reason, the, the, there just there's this perception that he's a bigger deal than he really is. Right, you're now going to have to do a little bit more work. Yeah, you, you, now if you're in that room, you got to say, okay, we thought that this was going to be, hey, it's Andrade, and everyone's going to go, yeah, but it's not. So now it's like, okay, now we got to. We got to treat him like he's somebody that we just signed off the street. You know what I mean? And try to build him up in our company, in our universe. Because, yeah, the idea that he was just going to walk out and be a superstar, we're past that. That's done. I don't think we're going to get We're not going to get there. We've had opportunities to get there. We're not there. So now it's a building. Okay, what are we going to do now to build this guy? What are we going to do? Because it's not going to be easy. We're not just going to be able to say, hey, it's this guy. Like, Because I'm sure that was the goal. I mean, that's obviously the one-day goal with Malachi Black was, hey, it's this guy. And everybody went, yeah. Like, they don't have to do much more with him. They kind of have it now. And now it's just kind of telling the story from there. Andrade, you're not getting that. So now it's it's. Not, I don't want to use the term square one, but you're kind of at that point too, where it's like, okay, now we got to figure out how to get this guy over because he's not over. Yeah, I'm told uh, it is a cartoon character. His name is uh, Black Mask from the Batman. Ah, movies. there you go. So there you go. Yeah, Black That's Mask. what he was uh, cosplaying. <laughs> one of your favorite. You love. If there's something Joe Lanza loves, it's dumb jock wrestlers like Davey Richard, the Dynamite Kid, and cosplaying. Uh, comic book characters so uh yeah the the key to Joe this Lance's one's heart. pretty this one's so obscure that i don't even really <laughs> I've never heard of it yeah like i, I i'm not like a superhero I mean, guy but i've literally never heard of that ever so no so um and again it kind of fits his aesthetic to begin with you know with the los and Gabra no place thing so sure. um yeah anyway that's andrade you want to you want to go to the phone lines here yeah, yeah. Take I say phone call. lines. It's like it could be further from phone lines. I'm just I'm old school like that way. So anyway, we'll go with Liam here. So let's see if Liam is uh, ready to chat. Liam. <sighs> Liam. You're still muted, pal. All right, Liam's done. Oh, he's unmuted. Damn there we go. Man. Liam. Liam. Are you here? All right, hit the bricks. You're done. We'll go to we'll go to oh, Liam in a it, we'll go to Liam in a second. So uh, uh, he's he's done for right now. Let's get uh, all right. Let's hear. Let's get uh, Yoshihashi's loose explosion fart. What's up? Hey guys, how's it going? Good. How are you? I'm all right. Um, you all right? Are you sure? That didn't sound like you were all right. I was getting out of my seat at work and okay. doing this. 
Um, you stay so working, I, sir. First off, I, I do security and stare at cameras all night. It's not really a big deal. <laughs> um, I was gonna say, go so rob your place. Jobs, <laughs> yeah, jobs. I was gonna say, rob your place. Listen, where do you work? <laughs> listen, jobs. The point here is jobs stink. You should probably just quit. I mean, let's be honest. Nobody <laughs> need that. Did, what are you going to work for? Go home and watch a ball game. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, anyway, I, I, I want to watch Shohei Otani get like forty home runs before the All Star break, but I can't do that. Why don't you hook up the game to one of those monitors you got there instead of? I mean, you're clearly not paying attention. Yeah, Warehouse I, Three. I, I, Who cares about Warehouse Three? Throw, throw the game I, on there. I yeah. used I used to do that. That's the thing, but I got in trouble for that. So <laughs> it seems. I mean, honestly, that seems kind of fair to get in trouble for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wanted to say. So I like Malachi Black or whatever um, as a representation of like the metal community and whatnot because he rep like I like that. But it doesn't mean he's not a dork and people are being too apologetic for, oh, but it's fine because that's the kind of people he, he likes. Or, he's a Satanist because I think he actually is a Satanist or something like that. Ooh, spooky. But I think people aren't giving are, are giving him too much credit for that when the fact that it's still kind of dorky to your general population. Just because you find it cool doesn't mean you're not a giant dork for doing it in regular with around regular people. Joe, you're you're a member of the goth community. What do you think? Oh, I'm a member of the goth community. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like you're, He's you're, not exactly goth, but yeah. I was I was shoving goths into lockers when I was in high school. <laughs> How am I a member of the goth community? Well, then you know them. You speak to them. So speak on uh, speak on the, uh, what he's talking about here. No, I mean, look, look again. I I don't mind any of this, provided he doesn't uh, dip into sorcery. Or he starts, uh, you know, uh, stirring up cauldrons and uh, and sacrificing people. Then, then it's fine. I, you kind of just roll your eyes at it, and if it if it's gonna make him feel like he's uh, uh, creatively being listened to, as opposed to the last place he worked, then maybe that makes him happy. But I, you know, it, it's. I think he also has to understand that, and even though AEW is more talent friendly than 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 WWE, seemingly. Um, based on, on just about every account of people who have been in both locker rooms. Um, I'm curious when we run into kind of the first piece of talent where they get all of their shit constantly rejected by by the big guy. Mm -hmm. and, and, and you know, because we haven't really run into that yet. You know, we're, we're still kind of just honeymoon stage in a lot of ways. But we got some new people coming in. And, um, you know, we haven't seen anybody leave AEW yet and then just fucking, you know, napalm the bridge on the way out and say how terrible it's been. That day is going to come at some point. So, you know, a guy like this, you know, if he has a lot of wacky ideas and they're constantly getting turned down, I mean, you know, because he definitely anyone who listens to those Twitch streams understands he absolutely needs to be reined in. I mean, there's there's no doubt about it. I, I, I want to say uh, a good comp for him would be Brody King. And they're both friends. You can do that and not be an absolute dork and be an awesome, badass ass kicker, or you can be a spooky kind of wizard guy. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, I think he'd be best served to just be an ass kicker who wears black. I mean, I think that would work. And I think there's, I think that has a higher ceiling, to be honest. Um, but, you know, I don't know. These, these, these guys forget that you know they're they're fake fighters. They all want to be fucking fantasy writers. I I I, I don't understand. You know, uh, you know, go write a fucking book then. You know, there's other ways to get those creative 
juices out of your system other than trying to incorporate it in. But he was also in an environment where that was clearly uh, encouraged. And because, you, you know, he looks, he probably looking at Bray Wyatt thinking, well, I'm smarter than this guy. I've got better ideas than this <laughs> right, guy. Right, right, right. And, you know, so the, the environment there doesn't, you know, the Undertaker and Bray Wyatt were in that company. So that's only going to encourage people who like Tommy ends. Right, and one of the more to, celebrated characters, I mean, the entire time he's been in there, they have loved nothing more than The Undertaker. I mean, think about everything they've done for The Undertaker over the last you know, few years uh, for him. So, yeah, it totally makes sense that, that you'd see that and go, okay, well, that's, that's the way to become a star is, is do what The Undertaker did, which, you know, I get it, but I wouldn't. Yeah, I, I, at the end of the day, I just – I do fear like, hey, dude, you're a great wrestler, but – please stop doing the cringy shit that a lot of people make fun of people who listen to heavy music for like it. Cause if not, you're just a bad representation and look like a giant <laughs> dork. Uh, well, thanks for the call. I yeah, think that, it. um, I think that, uh, you know, look, someone in the room says it'll be rained in that's, you know, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to trust that until um, uh, it's, it's proven otherwise. Absolutely. But yeah, the, the point that you made, I think, is an interesting one. And I've made that on some Q&As as well, is, is that we haven't seen that honeymoon period for AEW has lasted for like two years at this point. Like, you know, nobody that's been fired or or let go has went on the, you know, smart mark video and buried them. And no one's gotten on Twitter and said, oh, fuck those guys. Like, they don't understand wrestling or whatever. It's going to come at a time. Like, it's going to happen. That is definitely going to happen. It's just it's a matter of who it's going to be and, and, and when's it going to happen. But, yeah, we, we we haven't seen that yet, but but it's it's coming. It's definitely coming where the guy says, hey, I had all these good ideas and those idiots, they don't know how to book or Cody only cared about himself or the Bucks only cared about themselves. Like, that's coming for sure. But, yeah, who, who's going to be the first guy that 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 raises that stink and, 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 and makes a big deal about it? We'll see. I mean, could... there's Ivelisse, but nobody cares. Nobody. I like... mean, Jesus. Yeah, that that's just screaming into the, the, the ether with her because – yeah. When you have a reputation of doing that, <laughs> you've burned every, every bridge, bridge yeah. imaginable. Yeah, nobody cares. But. Well, that's when people are like, okay, well, the problem is probably. <laughs> right, it's you. <laughs> that's not the problem. Like, yeah. You might have real concerns, but it's the wrong messenger here because it's you and you've burnt every bridge you've ever been on. So. Now, if somebody like Christian leaves the company and starts talking about how terrible it is, mm-hmm. that, that, you're going to pay more attention right, because he right, seems right. like an affable guy who's done. You know who's gotten along everywhere he's been. So you right. know that's I, kind I've of. I've always put Janela thing. as my first guy. Somebody asked me who's the first guy that's going to bitch, and I put Janela as the one. But uh, he might just be like, ah, whatever. You know, if even if they fire him, he might just be like, ah, whatever. Let's go back to Jersey and work GCW type stuff. I I don't know if that stuff bothers him as much as as, as people would think it would, but I don't know. Well, the, here's the thing with Janela. I don't know whether he's disgruntled or not. I have no clue. The thing with Janela is if he is disgruntled and he does leave the company, he won't be shy about talking. That's, right, I think, right, the right. point you're making. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's not someone who's going to... No, he's the first guy that if that he's pissed of- off and he quits or they fire him, he it'll take him po- literally seven minutes before he's on some platform complaining about it. Not that Let he's a complainer, know, yeah. but he's just an opinionated guy, and that, that part of his brand would, would, would benefit from him being that guy. You know what I mean? He'd go on GCW right. and become a fucking mega star more than he even ever was as I was the guy that was in the big company and that company fucking sucked and this is this is where real wrestling belongs like like not to say that that's you know but no that's that he he would understand the benefit to his business of being that type of guy which is is totally fine if he, if he feels like he was treated unfairly right, right, he right, won't right. be sh- he, he won't be shy to let people know no, that and he he'll he'll, like he'll utilize it and leverage it in a, in a positive way for his career sure. which, which he should which is uh, you know not the worst thing in the world uh, to do. All right, you ready for Liam again? You think Liam's ready this time? Yeah, you know, we give him one more try. One okay, more try. Liam, are you ready? Liam, give him a second. 
sometimes there's a little delay. Sometimes there's a little delay. No, I got no time for this. Liam. Right here, I was going to plug. Liam does a podcast with Garrett Kidney on this very network. Oh, you uh, just did. Classic it sounds TNA. Like you just did. And I'm giving them this plug. Oh. And I'm giving their show. You've got to be kidding me. A huge plug here. And Liam's Garrett in is the- going to be so- so disappointed with this. He really is. I, Liam's still he, in the room. He's in the room. I haven't, I haven't uh, kicked you know him. What? Hand wave. Hand you're wave. done? Liam? Uh, hand wave, yeah. Hand wave. You're out. Um, right. I don't think what he gets, we does he get another chance. We got Danny. You ready to talk to Danny? Uh, on this topic again? All right. One more on this yes, topic. Yes, and then, then we'll, we move on. Yeah, we'll move on to some other stuff. So, uh, Danny, can you hear us? Danny. All right. <laughs> All right, we're moving on. Next All right. time. All right, guys. When you are in the holder room, be ready to uh, to talk. When we put you into the main room, be ready to talk. Well, that okay. That may, well, I wonder if that was no, no, because you can hear me. I was gonna say that maybe Listen, that's my issue, but no, you can hear me just fine. Here, here's the bottom line: <laughs> loose explosion fart cloud. He heard us. Loose explosion fart cloud was the only person who had their shit together, and 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 that's just so typical. Of this show, that's somebody named Loose Explosion <laughs> Fart Cloud. Yoshiyashi's Loose Explosion Fart Cloud got his shit together. Yes. Danny and Liam, right. no idea what they're doing. So. Right. So, uh, what do we got? Anyway, let's uh, let's move on to uh, some other topics here. So that has been actually, you know what? No, Joe, let's do this. Let's talk about our sponsor for this week's show, my book. And I was going to ask you, Joe, have you been doing any action on the? Because uh, I know you've been you've been a big soccer guy, a footy guy for a while. Have you been putting action on, or are you just watching footy? Without any stakes in the game. Hey, let's not overstate this. <laughs> you've okay? been, no, stop. You've been you've been waving the Italian flag, going nuts. I I you're 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 in there, you're mixing it up with the soccer guys. I'm gonna tell you. You're you're a full fledged soccer guy now. I've been poking some the bears. beautiful game. Yeah, you've been loving the beautiful game. So. I've been poking some bears and it's been working. Most people understand I'm doing a bit. Uh, but look, oh, the games are I, on I, it. No, dude, you've worked yourself into a shoot, man. You're watching all these games. You're getting excited about it and analyzing it. Get out of here with your I'm working a bit. I'm working a bit. Get out of here. It's it's a listen, do you really think I'm gonna be over here uh <laughs> crying into my cereal if, if England beats Italy on uh fucking Saturday or whatever it is? I'm never gonna think twice about it again. I mean, but if Italy wins, of course I'm gonna be on Twitter fucking, you know, waving the flag and and uh, and England's the perfect opponent because we have like nine billion followers from England who you know are going to take it to heart. So of course I'm going to troll them a little bit if Italy wins this game this weekend. But uh, but I mean, come on, please. You think you think I'm going to take an Italy loss to heart the way I would the Red? <laughs> you're, you're jumping up and down, going oh, oh, oh the whole time. Yeah, you got a big drum. You go do do do. Banging drums. I'm wearing, the, <laughs> I'm wearing the, <laughs> the noisemakers. You're just going nuts. Yeah. I'm wearing a flag like a cape. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Absolutely. Chanting yeah. the Italian um, football team's chants. I don't know what their chants are, but the... and that national anthem bangs. You ever see those guys sing that? Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's a good national anthem. Yeah. Man, most other national anthems are good. I we are we are spoil. We're I don't want to say spo- uh, not, spoil is not the right word. We we think that our country has a good national anthem, and then you hear other countries' good national anthems, and you're like, ours is the worst. <laughs> what a terrible national anthem! You're like Japan's. Like, oh my, I get choked up on a good Dragon Gate show. You got you know Masato Yoshino there looking down. They 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 show the flag with a and I'm like, oh man, <laughs> like you know, I'm like, oh Japan, what a great country. I'm like, what am I doing? The Italian KZ, guys all look. You see KZ looking down. You're like, oh man, <laughs> like, what a what an emotional moment this is. 
All the Italian guys look very Italian, too, on that team. They're very Italian. I have Italian. seen them. That's a good Italian lineup there, for sure. One guy who's a cross between CM Punk and Austin Aries. Have you seen that guy? <laughs> I think I have. I don't know his name. I don't know any of the names. I've yeah. watched, like, literally 15 minutes, maybe, of, of, of Italian football this uh this, this year, but uh, yeah, it's a good, it's a good little crop of guys. Yeah, they look, they look fun. Bellini or something. I don't know his name. Uh, the one guy's name is Emobile, which is a terrible name. <laughs> that for, seems for like a bad omen. Yeah, that's. It, yeah. What's his first name? Uh, very, very, <laughs> very immobile. Is he good? I, okay. I, Ironically, I is he fast? Is he very fast? I think it's Immobile. Okay. Yeah, I think he's a striker, like Hell a yeah. forward. That's so awesome. I think that's he perfect. can move. Yeah, that's good. But his name is Immobile. Like it's spelled Immobile is his name, which is very. <laughs> You know, uh, bizarre. But uh, the goalie's a fucking beast. The goalie is a a tremendous... uh, Don't they call them goalkeepers in soccer? I'm not even using the proper terminology. That shows you how big a fan I am, Rich. I don't even know what to call... Like, they call it a goalkeeper, right? Not a goalie. Uh, well, you are asking the literal, maybe the worst person in the yeah. world to ask any uh, football questions to. So, uh, yeah, I can't. Well, I am from the cradle of American soccer. <laughs> New Jersey. Jersey. What a no. tweet. Oh, my God. Absolutely. Well, it could almost barely sustain uh, its uh, professional soccer teams. Yeah. It's, uh... God, they stripped the New Jersey part off of the fucking Red Bull's name. <laughs> <laughs> they do so bad. In so much for the cradle. It used to be the New Jersey, New York, New Jersey. Right now, it's just the New York Red Bulls. Even though they still play in New Jersey, and even though they still can't draw fifteen thousand fans per game, you know, despite the fact that they only have like twelve or thirteen home games a year, they've had seven sellouts in twenty-one seasons. Seven sellouts in twenty-one seasons, and, and, and yet this is the cradle, allegedly, allegedly the cradle of American soccer. Hit the bricks with that shit. Get lost. I, listen. Trust me, I know New Jersey. No one in New Jersey gives a fuck about soccer, okay? There's like three towns in northern New Jersey. I'm going to tell you why. Remember Tony Miola? No. Remember Tony Miola? <laughs> I don't remember Tony Miola. Which tells you all you need to know about the <laughs> yeah, footprint of the soccer fuck in America. Is Tony Miola? Okay, so, so Tony Miola was the goalie or the goalkeeper for the 94 World Cup team, okay. the American World Cup okay. team. Okay. Uh, the one that had Kobe Jones and, and Alexi Lalas and all those guys. Okay, So Miola was the goalie, and he was an Italian guy from Jersey. He had a ponytail, real Italian-looking dude. He looked like Furio from The Sopranos. Okay, So he's the goalie, and he was from like uh, one of those North Jersey cities, either Ramsey or fucking uh, Tony Soprano country Okay, up in North Jersey. So he gained a little bit of popularity in New Jersey. He even tried out for the Jets. Of course, he didn't make the team because in America, professional football players are, yeah, I mean, come on, a soccer player wasn't making the professional. When I went to high school, Rich, this is how it worked in high school. You tried out for football. If you didn't make the football team, you played on the soccer team because you didn't want to do nothing for the fall. So, like, if you couldn't make the football team, then you're like, ah, shit, I'll go play soccer. You know, that's how it works. Get some cardio in. Get some cardio in. I don't want to join cross country, so I'll just join soccer. Yeah. Yeah, I'll play soccer to get ready for basketball season in the winter. You know what I mean? That's how it was, like, if you didn't make the football team. So, that, you know, Miola tried out for the Jets. He didn't make the Jets. But the point here is Miola was kind of a big deal in North Jersey for a little while, right? And there's a couple towns in North Jersey that still, like, worship Tony Miola. And those high schools are, like, really into their soccer program. You know what I mean? So that's where all this bullshit comes from. But, Rich, you can find a couple towns in any state that are really into their soccer team. It doesn't mean anything. No one else in New Jersey gives a fuck about soccer. If you asked 100 people on the street in New Jersey, 
in a mall somewhere. Go to Menlo Park Mall and ask the first hundred people you encounter to name a single Red Bulls player. You will have zero out of a hundred people. <laughs> probably more people ask you who are the Red Bulls. <laughs> it's probably the first yeah, thing. Yeah, the Red what? The Red who? Okay. Now, if you go up to fucking uh, Passaic County or something and ask a hundred people, you might get four or five people who can name you a player because they're one of the 13,000 people that actually go to these dopey games. Nobody else cares. Go to Cumberland County, New Jersey. They don't even know what the Red Bulls are. Okay? No one cares about the Red Bulls. It's on the 19th page of the fucking sports section of the Dork Star Ledger. Okay? No one cares. Cradle of American soccer. Hit the bricks with this shit. No one fucking cares. Like, no one else in America cares. Okay? At least in Atlanta, they draw. At least in Portland, with the dopey timbers, they draw. It doesn't even draw in New Jersey. Again, they stripped the New Jersey part off the team name. I've been past that dopey little stadium. The train goes right by it when you go to New York. Those are in that fucking thing. Jeez. God, that tweet annoyed me. I know that was a couple weeks ago. But you <laughs> it was. It. We've been sitting on that one for a while. So for context, for people that know, uh, you, you were you, somebody ta- said something, and you were like, hey, nobody cares about uh, you know, soccer in New Jersey. Uh, and some guy quote tweeted you, yeah, okay, the the what the lifeblood of American soccer, nobody cares about it, or whatever, the cornerstone of American soccer, nobody, yeah, it's like, okay, all right, cool. No <laughs> one fucking cares, trust me, that nobody fucking cares about soccer in New Jersey, just like they don't care about soccer in most of the United States. And I have not, Rich, I don't have a thing against soccer, nothing against it. I'm not like a fan or anything, but I'm not like an anti-fucking soccer guy right i'm the same i don't don't care i just don't watch it but i don't really care if it it became the most popular sport in in america fine okay i don't care i'm probably not gonna ever watch it but that's cool that's fine whatever and and this idea that the attack rich i I, i'm obviously grew up in an italian family i i i I, i'm not saying this to like try to make my point i know it's anecdotal i honest to god can't recall a single instance in my life of any Italian in my family ever talking about soccer. <laughs> Rooting for oh, Team you, Italy in the UEFA. Like, oh, did yeah. you catch the Italy game in the You're World right. Cup? Or, oh, I'm going to go check out the Red Bull. No, not a single time. Right. Some people might but care I, about I, it right now briefly because the Jets aren't playing yet. Or the Giants aren't playing yet. But that 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 will be very short-lived. And, and in the next month, the next two weeks, they'll be talking about you know training camp for the NFL. And, and, and they'll never care. No one fucking UEFA cares. My, so. my Italian family in New Jersey is still talking about Don Mattingly. But they're not talking about <laughs> right, fucking soccer. Right. Okay. They're talking about the Giants yeah. and the Yankees. You know, because my family, they're all giant Yankee fans. But some families, it might be the Jets and the Mets. There's no Islanders. one is. Fucking, Maybe Islanders. Maybe they're talking Islanders right now. You know, I mean, Maybe. That's Long Island. That's right, a different right, animal. Right, right. Too. Yeah. But. I assure you, with every five, no one even cares about the cared about the Nets when they were in New Jersey. That's why they're in Brooklyn because <laughs> right, no right. one gave a fuck when they were in New Jersey. Okay, it's the Giants, the Yankees, the Mets, and the Jets. Soccer isn't even a fucking thought. No one thinks it. I can go to a family get together. I can hop on a plane and go to New Jersey tomorrow, and I guarantee you, Don Mattingly comes up, and the Italian fucking national team never comes up if i sent a text to my group text of all my uncles and these fucking wops back in new jersey and ask them what they think of the game this weekend they're gonna be like oh yeah the mets are playing the pirates in a four game series they're not gonna know anything about italy playing england on fucking set and they and they can't be more italian than these people trust me 
No one cares. Well, you especially, and then, then we'll uh, finish this ad read that we've been doing. <laughs> My bookie better pay us double for this one. It's been a great ad read. Uh, but uh, yeah, you you especially, because you have lived through at least four or five of the, ah, soccer's coming to America's. Like, because you lived through it in the in, at least a little bit in the 70s, maybe not the whole way in the 70s, but you got a little bit of the Cosmos and the Pele and the, hey, soccer's the thing. And then it obviously went away. And then like the late 80s, they were like, indoor soccer, actually, that's the thing. And then that went away. And then the 94 World Cup came and it was in America. And they were like, aha, soccer is coming to America now. And then it went away. And then you've lived through the early days of the MLS when, hey, by the way, soccer is going to come. And then we had David Beckham who came to America and came to the MLS. And then soccer was going to come. And uh, now we're here in 2021. And Joe, soccer has not come yet. So I've lived through three or four of them. You've at least lived through five or six of the get ready soccer's here. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's the Cosmos. Remember the New York, New Jersey Cosmos? There's a great documentary Fuck about the Cosmos. They're, they're, they're a fun story, but it, uh, yeah. Tell you something. Let me tell you something. Fucking Pele came here and it didn't <laughs> yeah, happen. Pele, I was going to okay. say, we had, they tried David Beckham. That didn't work. They tried Freddie Adu. That didn't work. In the 70s, they tried fucking Pele, and it didn't work. It worked for Pele a year. came here. It worked for a year, and then Pele's playing in front of 2,000 people in an empty metal hand. <laughs> it didn't happen. Right. It's not going to happen. Bring whoever you want. Toti. Bring Toti. Bring fucking Maradona. Bring fu- That'd be hard. Bring, uh, <laughs> He's a tough get these days. Yeah, Maradona's a little tough the- to get these days. <laughs> Who's that would be a thing. If they, if they resurrect Maradona and put him in the in – that, yeah, that could maybe do it. I don't know. Who's the Argentina guy playing for the Copa now? Who Why never would won you before? ask me? Uh, I don't know. Maradona. <laughs> no, he's no, dead. Yeah, that's the dead guy. Who's the Argentina guy? Best in the world. He's never know. won anything. No, no. His big thing is he's never won anything, cool. but he's the best player in the world. All right. And, he's play- and they're playing – Argentina is playing Brazil in the South American Eurovision gimmick. You know, the, 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 they got the Eurovision going on right now in Europe, <laughs> but – they got the one going on in South America too, and it's Argentina. I know more about soccer than the like you think I would. Yeah, you're doing pretty so, good here. Keep going. They got the Argentina against Brazil, and this Argentinian guy who's the best player in the world. He's never won a World Cup. He never won the the fucking I think they call it the the fucking Copa or something. And this is his chance because like he's getting up there. What's his name? The, the chat room. Lionel has to Messi. Have is that who you're thinking of? Messi. Messi. Yes, you can bring Messi here. And it's not going to fucking happen because they brought Pele here and it didn't fucking happen. Okay. So Messi's got a big opportunity this weekend against Brazil. Okay. To win that Copa gimmick. And then next year is the World Cup. So we're going to have to hear it all over again, Rich, especially if America qualifies. We're going to hear it all. It's coming. It's going to happen. It's happening. It's going to fucking happen. You know, but, uh, but listen, I will concede. I'm into the Eurovision thing, but here's the thing. If Italy had gotten knocked out in the fucking pool play, you think I'd be watching any of this shit? I'm doing uh, it as a guessing bit. no. Okay, look, it's like seventy percent bit, thirty percent live sports is on. Why wouldn't I watch? That's kind of what it is. You know what I mean? But if Italy was eliminated, it would be I'm not even watching this. But the thing is, it's on in the early afternoon before the baseball starts. So why not put it on if I'm home? Sure. Right? It's fucking live sports. I'll put it on. You know? So uh so anyway, that's uh, man. I can't believe you hit that nerve with me, with this cradle of American soccer bullshit with fucking New Jersey. Uh, unbelievable. Um, 
But hey, I think we have a MyBookie ad. Yeah, this is actually the beginning of the uh, the MyBookie ad. So it's been it's been a long one. As I said, they're going to probably have to pay hey. us a little bit a little bit extra for this <laughs> you one. You can't timestamp them all that. Yeah, no, I'm going to call it right here. So, Joe, this episode of the Voice Wrestling Flagship Podcast is sponsored by our friends at MyBookie. And Joe, have you been betting on anything lately? Um. Yeah, I've been betting on the Eurovision soccer, and uh, I've been doing some baseball parlays. You know, there you go. no yeah. heavy lumber, but no heavy lumber or anything like that. But uh, but yeah, I've been yeah, I've been in the mix. Yeah, things are going to get a little interesting over the next few weeks. I mean, you got the NBA finals obviously going on, uh, and my bookie has a ton of player props. I was looking a little bit earlier, and I wanted to get involved in some of them, but unfortunately, they have just locked. I was going to go and, and and discuss some of the ones that I saw earlier today, but they locked them because the game just started, so. Uh, I can't do those, but uh, there's some fun stuff. So even if you don't want to do just the games, that's the cool thing about my bookie and, and and what they can offer is that if you don't want to do, hey, I think the Bucks are going to win, or I think the Suns are going to win, or I think Italy is going to win, or I think England's going to get, you can do that stuff. That's fine. You can do that from baseball. You can do parlays. You know that sort of stuff. But I tend to think that a lot of people are going to start liking those the, the prop bets, especially the player prop bets. This NBA game, this NBA final game before, before they tipped off, they had you know. Brooke Lopez rebounds, you know, 6.5 and PJ Tucker points 4.5 over under. And I'm like, oh, man, these are they're really bad. I mean, they're bets that had me really seriously thinking, oh, man, I, and like really analyzing. OK, here's what can happen in the game to make this happen. And that happen. that's some fun stuff. And you can do that all at my bookie. So, yeah, get involved in that uh, NBA finals, obviously going on MLB going on and plenty of other stuff as well at my bookie uh, dot AG and 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 if you're looking for something to bet on, this weekend is a great opportunity as well because you have UFC 264, Joe, the highly anticipated rematch of Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor. You gonna put any uh, action on Dustin Poirier versus Conor McGregor? Not a UFC guy, so I know you aren't either anymore. So I guess you're not. Okay, fine. McGregor is currently listed as an underdog in the fight. Uh, and bets on Poirier to win by KO would pay out nearly 2-1. to one. So that's a, some pretty good action you can get there. As we said, Conor McGregor, as of this recording, is currently listed as an underdog. And obviously, uh, his track record speaks for itself. And also, you can do, hey, I think this guy's going to win by this. So Dustin Poirier, if you think he's going to win by KO, that's going to pay out nearly 2-1 to one this weekend for UFC 264. So you can do all that sort of stuff. So whether you're backing Poirier or you're backing McGregor this weekend or you're betting baseball or you're betting UEFA, Euro, Cup, whatever the hell, you can take advantage of all those bets and wait for stuff to go on live in-game betting as well. Sign up today with MyBookie, mybookie.ag, and use the promo code VOICES, and you'll receive up to $1,000 in bonus money when you make your first deposit. That's 1000 bucks in extra cash, uh, extra cash when you make your first deposit at MyBookie. So MyBookie.ag, use that promo code VOICES, and you'll get up to $1,000 in bonus money after you make that first deposit. So you bet any time, anywhere, anything with MyBookie. MyBookie.ag, promo code VOICES. So I'm really disappointed that they locked those prop bets. There's some fun ones up there I was going to talk to you about, but ah, what are you going to do? Yeah, a few ones I wanted to get some action in. There was, uh, you know, who's going to win the tip off, and then like who's going to hit the first field goal, and like the odds are incredible for those. You know, I mean, you put you put ten dollars on Chris Paul to hit the first, you know, shot of the game, and you're going to pay out like two hundred bucks or something like that. It was insane odds that I was just like, man, I want to get involved in this, but. Uh... Didn't have a chance to do it yet before the game, so and, and they're playing right now as we're going. So okay, uh, let's get into some other uh, topics here real quick. And obviously, phone lines are open, so if you want to do that, you can jump into the holder. And we have a few people uh, waiting right now. But uh, Joe, I want to talk about uh, some worrying WWE ratings that we've seen 
uh, over the last week. So I'm going to kind of run down every single one of these shows. So you had Friday Night Smackdown, Joe, uh, last week. And obviously it was it was the day before the 4th of July or, 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 or well, what, what would the Friday have been? What, what was the date on Friday? I've kind of lost. Oh, that was the second. So it was two days before uh, the 4th of July. But anyway, Friday's edition of Smackdown. This is from uh, Brandon Thurston at WrestleNomics. Obviously the WrestleNomics uh, uh, podcast here on the Voice Wrestling Podcast Network. Your, your best source for that. Also WrestleNomics.com. But uh, uh, this past Friday's edition of Smackdown saw the show drop to its second lowest viewership average since launching on Fox, uh, the episode over the weekend averaged 1.8 million uh, with viewers, uh, 1.8 million viewers, 1.86 million viewers, with 597 viewers in the 18 to or 400, 597,000 viewers uh, in the 18 to 49 uh, demo. And it was the SmackDown's lowest number since last year's holiday weekend uh, with July 3rd, 2020. So it kind of matches up uh, year to year being the, the, the worst, you know, back to back there. Uh, and that show averaged 1.7 million viewers. So this one did a little bit better than last year's kind of holiday weekend show, uh, but still the second lowest viewership average since launching on Fox. Now we jump ahead to Raw, which obviously happened a few days later after that. Again, from Brandon Thurston, Raw averaged 1.47 million viewers on the USA Network. The show did 536,000 viewers in the 18 to 49 demo, uh, and that's uh, pretty identical to what it was um uh, last week as well, pretty even there. But uh, the previous low for Raw occurred on December 14, 2020, when it averaged 1.5 million viewers, going up and up against a Monday Night Football game that did 12.4 million viewers. So essentially what we have here, Joe, is as far as the data goes back, as far as the data that we know, this week's Raw, lowest average viewers of any in Raw history we had here. We, we reached the bottom here on this week's Raw. And then we'll jump ahead to NXT here, and then we'll kind of recap all this and talk about it. Uh, again, from Brandon Thurston, this week's NXT, the Great American Bash, which we're going to talk about here in a bit, averaged 654,000 viewers and a .18, about 232,000 in the 18 to 49 demo. Uh, that's, Joe, that has to be a disaster, right? That NXT number. I mean, these are all not good numbers. SmackDown, second lowest it's ever had. Raw, the lowest ever. And NXT barely makes a blip despite this great American bash show and all the branding around that and all that sort of stuff. I mean, what do you make of these numbers here? Cause these are, these are pretty ghastly looking numbers. Well, the week before NXT did a 0.13. Yeah. And then the great American bash comes out with those numbers. You what? 0.18 you said, right? 0.18. Uh, 0.18 yeah. 0.18 in the 1849, which is an atrocious number for Tuesday unopposed and a themed show. I mean, that's awful. That just goes to show. No one is watching. No one it, NXT is just not connecting with people because they're back down to their head-to-head numbers, their head-to-head viewership levels when they were head-to-head with Dynamite. They 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 went up a little bit when they moved to Tuesdays, and obviously Dynamite has benefited from NXT moving away from them. But now they're right back to those levels, so nothing they're doing on that show is connecting with viewers. SmackDown and Raw, Raw is an all-time low. You want to blame 4th of July, go right ahead. I'm sure it had a little bit to do with it, even though it was the next day. People are off of work. Yeah, that, that was day. the day that I got off work, and, and, and that was the, the, you know, the national holiday was the 5th or whatever. But, I mean, still, <laughs> it's at, it, it, at the end of the day, with all of these arguments, if the show was good, people would find a way to watch it. Absolutely. That's always been my and, argument when people say, well, the competition was this, and this happened on this day, and it was snowing here, and it was raining here, and this game was here, and that game was here. When, if it's good, people will find a way to watch it. Does not matter what the hell is going on other than, yeah, other than literally landing on a Christmas day or whatever, which that does happen sometimes. And those ones I'll kind of let go. But yeah, 
I'm not going to make an excuse. Well, Monday Night Football is out. Well, Monday Night Football is always going to be out. <laughs> oh, there's an NBA game. Well, NBA games are always going to be out. Oh, there's a hockey game. Well, NBA, hockey. If you have a good product that people want to watch, they will find a way to watch it, even if there's an NBA, an NHL, or a football game on. Well, maybe it wouldn't have been an all-time low, but they, it was still going to be a terrible number. Yeah, it was not going to be good. An all-time low is an all-time low. I mean, you know, yeah, all-time. I mean, that's fourth. as far as the numbers go back. I mean, and 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 I think even people prefaced it by saying, "Well, you know, uh, you know, we don't have all the 1993 numbers," and it's like, Jesus, we're going to 1993. Like, we're looking at those numbers. Like, we're getting to that level, and that and that's that's where we're at, unfortunately. So it's uh, it's been on holidays before. This is the lowest. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, look, and everything else is down. I feel like we've been talking about this for a few years now, though. And, you know, it's like you're saying, I mean, you know, people can talk about the changing television climate all they want, but how'd the NBA playoffs do this year, Rich? Pretty good. They're about uh, 13% up year over year. They're not, they're not great. They're not where they were a couple years ago, which actually speaks to a little bit of the, the, my point is like, you know, you can use the NBA playoffs and, and the NBA finals as an excuse. And they did well. They, they did well. They did, they're way up over what they were year to year. They're, they're very good numbers, but they're like, you know, half of what they were four or five years ago or whatever. So even even then, you're not even against, like, the top, top competition. You're, you're against heavy competition. And people, obviously, were reconnecting their, you know, their cable to watch uh, the NBA Finals. But, yeah, it, 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 you know, the number is good for the NBA, but 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 hardly uh, an easy slam dunk excuse to use for WWE is, oh, well, look at the NBA Finals. It's like, well, I mean, they're, they're, they're up. They're, they're good numbers, but they're not exactly a juggernaut like they were a couple years ago or, or you know, back in the 90s or whatever. How are the NBA Finals up year over year, and with uh, apparently no one watching TV, but Raw's down and doing all? Well, it's a holiday, yeah, it's a holiday. So, um, yeah. So, I, I mean, you know, it, it's it's the, the trends are poor, the trends are bad. There is no consequence, though, and we've talked about this a million times. There's no consequence, but if Raw remains as bad as it is in terms of the show itself, because the show is atrocious, only the most super hardcore of the most hardcore WWE fans at this point even bother defending Raw on any level. So if the show remains that bad and Dynamite pump out shows like they did this past Wednesday with those hot crowds and a universally positively reviewed show, um, you know, I I think there's light at the end of the tunnel of Dynamite possibly catching them within like 18 months. I, I yeah, don't think I that's crazy to say. No, it's it's really not, and I, I did not think it was going to get to that level uh, as much. And we'll, we'll see when they return to fans if there is that bump up, like because this is this, if, if you remember, it, it got like real ghastly there for a while during the you know the 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 empty PC thing, and then the Thunderdome kind of saved them a little bit and, and, and gave them a little bit of a, what's a, a rise. What's a bump though? What's a what's a bump up? Though? That's what I mean though. The bump up is is it's not you know it's nothing significant. Couple hundred thousand. Yeah, right, cops. right, right, right. And that was going to be my you point. Know, we're is, not going to. We're not going to have three million people watching. No, Raw, no, no. And I think that's I don't know if anybody believes that that's the case. I mean, I think there are maybe some irrational people that believe that. But yeah, I mean, we're we're, we're talking. I mean, they're going to be under two million, no doubt. Like, there's no chance in hell they're going to be. Remember when being, remember Raw being under two million was like, we couldn't believe it. It was under three million. We did shows earlier. We we're like, oh, yeah, my we God, believe it. <laughs> three million. Oh, gee. I mean, you go back a couple years ago and you're talking four million and that's numbers that are like, oh, man, I don't know. Then it got to three and it was like, oh, this is bad. <laughs> you know, that we had a show where it was like a meltdown when they got almost near two million. And now they're like, you know, one point five. And they're like, oh, you know what? Hey, it was a holiday. <laughs> It's okay. Like that's it's 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 ridiculous. Yeah, there there it's 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 absolutely wild. I don't think that the younger people who watch Raw 
not the over 50s. The over 50s, we know who they are. Those are older wrestling fans who what they do on Mondays, because it's been embedded into them for decades, is on Mondays, I watch wrestling. Doesn't matter how shitty it is. I, I don't even think most of those over 50s enjoy it. I, I, they can't because they remember wrestling when it was good and fun. But it, they're habit viewers and they are wrestling fans. Okay, that explains the over 50s. In terms of the younger demos, I don't believe that those people are wrestling fans. I believe that they're WWE fans. I believe that these are the, the quote-unquote new fans that they've created through their new methods of doing things. These are, these are your stands. These are your people who, you know, with your uh, Alexa Bliss and Liv Morgan fucking roleplay accounts, these types of people who aren't wrestling fans. They're fans of WWE and whatever it is that, that they're presenting in sort of the era we're in. They're WWE fans. I think and, it's the easiest way to boil it down. They're, they're fans of yeah, this and, company. And, and they haven't created enough of these people to replace all of the people they've run off which are the rest, they've run off the wrestling fans. I don't believe that wrestling fans under 50 are watching the show anymore. I believe they've replaced them with these, with these new WWE fans who don't have any, they're not going to be interested in Dynamite. They don't know what Impact is. They're not going to watch fucking New Japan. Right. These are WWE fans, okay? They enjoy this presentation. They enjoy all these things we complain about. The bright colors, the fucking lights all over the place, the commentators repeating everything a million times, the choreographed entrances. The, they enjoy it the same way they enjoy something like the Kardashians or, or any other show of that ilk. They have these characters that they've latched onto, and that's, and, and, they like the, and, and that's why they can't understand why people like us complain about it. Because they like all of those aspects. The problem is I think that's a bad strategy because they've run off all the wrestling fans and there's not enough of these people to replace the wrestling fans. And I think what's going to happen is these will not be long-term viewers. When Liv Morgan moves on or Alexa Bliss moves on or New Day moves on or whoever, that you know, these people are going to move on. They're going to follow Liv Morgan into whatever Liv Morgan does next. They're not going to, you know, I don't, because they're not wrestling fans. They're not in this to, for wrestling. They're in this to, uh, you know, latch on to these personalities that they happen to enjoy. And I, I do believe that it's going to be a short shelf life for that kind of fan. Plus, they all skew very young. And young people bounce around their interests uh, very frequently, especially now. With shorter attention spans and all those sorts of things. Uh, things get hot, then things cool off. K-pop is not going to sustain. We all know this. Right. I mean, we all know this. We've seen this before with boy bands. Well, and, 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 you know, and the thing, bands. too, that you're mentioning, it's a, it's a very communal thing. And then what's going to happen is if a few yes. of the stands go away, then the other stands are going to go away because they, they enjoy standing out with their fellow stands. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's that sort of thing yeah. that they're doing. And they love RPing as their Liv Morgan account and, and, and all that sort of stuff. But, but once, like you're saying, a few of them go away, a lot of them are going to go away because then they're going to lose that communal aspect. And, and and they haven't made lifelong fans. They're going to say, ah, you know what? Like like me, I, you know, and I, I really started becoming a fan in 1998 or whatever, 1997, 1998. All my friends stopped watching it. They all said, you're dumb. Wrestling is stupid. And now I'm here, Joe, talking to you every single week for the last 10 years. So obviously I have not let it go. 
and 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 they all let it go. They create a lifelong fan in me who stayed with it and stuck with it and has watched now forever. But they in that attitude era lost all those guys, and those people never came back and never watched it ever again. And 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 yeah, like we're we're seeing obviously the the the, the fallout of that, but we're also seeing that yeah that fallout could happen again because of the you know you look at the ratings patterns you look at who these people are and yeah we it could get even lower than this i i think it can yeah i mean i don't i don't i don't think there's a bottom the bottom is zero i mean you know the over 50s are never going anywhere but eventually they're going to age out and fucking die i mean it's it's you know for them you know, the over 50s are, I feel like, are going to be far more loyal than some of these newer fans they've created. Um, you know, and, and, and it's not, it'd be one thing if WWE was connecting with teenagers on a wide scale level, but that's not the case. No. They're connecting with some of these teenagers and younger people who um, just happen to have taken a liking to, to this thing. Now, if it was more widespread and we were in some kind of new boom and it was, it was, you know, teens that and, and people in their early 20s that they were attracting in mass like it was during the attitude era then you say okay well now there's room for some of these people to fall off and lose interest in it because they're uh you know because they're uh casting such a wide net and the show's doing seven million viewers a week that they the settle point might be three or four million viewers a week you see what i'm saying so but i don't think that's the case i mean it's like i said i think they've run off more wrestling fans than they've attracted these new kind of fans we we have interactions in our twitter remember that that one time i referenced like i referenced bret hart and the person didn't know who i was talking yeah, i don't about. know who that is you mentioned bret hart and tiger mask and they're like i don't know who that is <laughs> it's like oh and, and and so that's someone who just became a fan like last year or something because they think that the fucking riot squad you know, looks cool. You know what I mean? Like, th- right. It has that's... no interest in really learning the history. They're just going to turn on their TV or, or honestly turn on their Twitter every, you know, Wednesday or every Monday and, and, and Friday or whatever. And that's it. That's the extent of their watching or their, their viewing. And I mean, honestly, one, one of the things you can look at as well, and this is a case, you know, we saw it a lot in the, in the days of TNA. And I'm kind of addressing that now in the, in the Slammiversary series I'm doing at patreon.com slash voices of wrestling is in the biggest thing that you can look at is monetizing and getting those people that that watch your TV, how many of those people are now paying extra for your stuff? It's really easy to turn on your TV or, or, or jump onto Twitter or jump onto YouTube and watch some videos and, 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 and do that sort of stuff. But how many people are paying you for the right to watch more of your content? That, that to me, is something that's so, so important in, in engaging true fan interest. And we've always talked about how AEW, you know, they do a pretty damn good job. You look at the percentages of people that buy these pay-per-views and whatnot. And, 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 and yeah, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's not, you know, it's not unbelievable numbers, but it's pretty damn good numbers. Impact always had that issue. They would have 3 million people watch their TV and then 20,000 people buy their pay-per-views. And it was like, oh, all right, <laughs> like, who cares? Like, the, it's essentially worthless then at that point. If you're not buying these pay-per-views, if you're not really giving us extra money, and we can look at the same thing, and we ranted about it for years and years and years about the network. When that first WWE Network number came out, we said, fuck, what a disaster. You have all these millions of people that you claim are, are have an affinity for WWE and all these millions of, of social media followers and all these, you know, and then even look at Raw. Okay, at that time, it had 4 million viewers and you could barely get 500,000 people to, to subscribe to your network. That's not good. That doesn't mean they're not, that they're not active customers in that sense. They're cool because they'll watch your TV and they're cool because they'll talk about your stuff. 
but you're not val- you know you're not that valuable <laughs> as a customer and those are the type of fans you're talking about those kind of fly by night fans those are not the they might think that they're hardcore because they, they you know they put when Liv Morgan lights one of their tweets uh, in their profile but to to WWE to a business if you're not paying them extra money if you're not monet- you're not being monetized on any more level than just hey I occasionally I watch your television then you're really not that worth you're not worth that much and you're not a hardcore fan and you're much more likely to be the fan that just when you get bored move on to the next thing okay what's next what's the next fun thing that I'm going to get into with all my friends type of stuff but what you're saying is backed up by the fact that every consumer metric is down yeah, and trending right, right, down right. and 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 my point is there's just not a lot of these people they haven't attracted a lot of them because the shows stink it's not good you know the product they're putting out is bad so they haven't really created some new fit but they've created them in such small numbers that it's it's uh, see that's my point i don't want people to think that i'm saying that they're creating all of these new fans that are you know between the age of 15 and 25 i'm saying they haven't created enough of them and it's because the shows are terrible right it's because most people turn on raw or come across smackdown on fox and they think who the fuck in their right mind would watch this shit? They laugh at it for 30 seconds, and then they put something else Right, on. to borrow a term from Barrios, there's always going to be churn in every sort of, any entertainment sure. media. People are going to come and go and come and go and come and go, and that's just a natural thing. The problem, though, is if you look at the ratings patterns over the last five and ten years or whatever, they go and they never come back, and, no, and new ones never get made. And that is a very worrying issue if I'm WWE, is, is okay, you know, we, we keep losing fans, which is fine. That's going to happen naturally, but we are not gaining enough new fans. There's just not new people jumping into this thing. There's not people that are, that are, are flipping channels or, 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 or flipping in a magazine or, or watching an ad on TV or watching an ad on YouTube that go, wow, whoa, what is this? I need to check this out. And even if they do, they probably watch 15 minutes of it and go, what the fuck is this? And leave and never come back. And, and that, that has to be worrisome uh, to them because, like you said, the floor is, I mean, we're, we're not at the floor. People always say, oh, is this the worst it's going to be? We've been saying that same thing for eight years now. <laughs> is this the worst it's going to be? No. They're going to keep doing worse, I think. I, I mean, I think it could go down. Sure. Um, uh, football's coming, man. How many? NFL's coming. It's, it's going to be a big year. You're not going to know this. It'd be a Brandon Thurston question, but and I can't remember it off the top of my head. But how many viewers a week do they do in the over 50? That's probably the floor. Yeah. Something around, you know, a couple hundred thousand more than that number. That's the floor. Because, again, I don't think the over 50s are going anywhere. They're, if they haven't left yet, they're not going anywhere. I mean, that's just habit viewers. Um, you know, they're just going to – it's probably some of the people listening to the show. They've just been watching forever, and that's what they're going to do until they die, yeah. no matter how bad it is. Um, to some extent, that's me and you. Yeah, no, we're 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 dumb. <laughs> At least we've we found a way to uh, uh, use it uh, 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 in, well, in a positive manner. Yeah, I don't. I really don't watch Raw and SmackDown anymore. And I was I was that person every Monday. It was like, well, fuck, it's Monday. I watch Raw. You know, every single Monday, no matter what. SmackDown would be, hey, if I've been around and it's Friday or it's Thursday or whenever it's on, I'd watch it. But Raw was an every Monday thing, and that happened through halfway through the. I mean, honestly, it wasn't until two three years ago where I finally just said, no, you know what, fuck this. I'm gonna watch anything else on Monday than than Raw. I'm going to do anything else. And, that, and that's a very recent thing for me, but I, I, I only barely check in on raw now only barely. And, and that that's very recent. Like that, that most of my, from 1997 to fucking 2017, basically I would every single Monday sit down, watch raw. That's done. Now I don't do that anymore. My friends don't even text me about raw. I used to get that every, every week. Ah, what the fuck are they doing? Ah, what's this bullshit? Ah, what, I don't hear anything on Mondays anymore. It's ghost town. That's the only one you watch now and then NXT is the only thing you watch yeah, now and pretty then much, pretty on much. a regular, semi-regular basis. Um, the others you just follow in other ways. Yeah. And you know what's interesting? 
is I think they're okay with that. They structure their shows in a way where it's a they I think they know that Raw okay, try to follow me here. I think that they realize that Raw is a terrible television show. But what Raw really is is a three hour window where they can create content that they can break out into YouTube videos, TikToks, Instagram posts, because they the feel like pre-match B-roll. B-roll is, yeah, absolutely. Because I, I think that they feel like there's value in people following it through those methods that are just as valuable and will be more valuable down the line than television, which is crazy to me when you look at the amount of money that the television is bringing in. I would think you would focus on making the best television show possible. Now, this is just my theory. But when you watch Raw and you watch SmackDown, you almost get the sense that it's just bits and pieces meant for B-rolls and YouTube. Don't you feel that way oh, when absolutely. you watch these shows? Yeah, like, yeah. It was a couple of years ago where, where, uh, where Wei Ting from uh, Post Wrestling said that, like, it's a lot easier to enjoy this show if you just realize that it's just a, a, a basically – they're just shooting for B-roll. And you're like, and I, I remember hearing about that. I'm like, that's kind of weird. And he's like, just think about it. Like, listen to the promos, listen to the way they talk, the way they look. Everything. It's all just fodder for, okay, cool. That's a one minute clip of the Miz talking. Great. We can use that in a promo. We can use it on YouTube. We can use it on TikTok, whatever. And when you think about it in that context, you're like, yeah, fuck, that's kind of all it is, which is he's right. insane. There's no connective tissue. It's just a lot of one minute sequences that can be caught up and chopped up and used in any single way that you want. It's, 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 it's a recording studio basically. Yeah. You can show Shayna Baszler stomping on the fucking voodoo doll and you can show her going back and forth with Alexa, but you can cut it up, right? You can cut it up and show the, the bits that you want to show and put it in a nice, neat and tidy 45 second package. And then there you go. You've got your B roll. You've got your YouTube video. and um, you know, the show is atrocious. I mean, it, it's it's downright atrocious. I mean, SmackDown wouldn't be as bad if it wasn't repetitive. And, you know, there's the argument that they're in a holding pattern until fans come back. I don't necessarily buy it because why would you trust <laughs> Again, this company? we're doing another bad on purpose thing. Wrestling's just bad, guys. Yeah. It's not bad on purpose. These people think that they're doing good right. stuff. Just nobody knows what they're doing anymore. Well, think- the holding pattern until fans come back, that's the cover that's what people say who concede that SmackDown is the same shit every week, yeah. but don't want to admit that <laughs> you're right about saying it's the you know what I mean? That's like their way of saying, yeah. Oh well, it the might Roman be it story- might be bad now, but I think once fans come back, <laughs> okay. Right, right, right. 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 And, and listen, I'm sure that first week or two, they are going to do some big oh, things. Oh, remember Fox? Remember the first week on Fox? It was the greatest show on earth, SmackDown. How, ex- Rich, how awesome fuck, was that first week? Rock. Rock was on it. The Rock was on it. Brock Lesnar was on it. Ronda Rousey was on it. It was great. We loved it. The Rock was on it. And they did <laughs> under 5 million viewers. And I was like, they're fucked. Yeah. Remember, we came on this week, that week and said, they're fucked. This is over. This is not going to work. They yeah. brought in The Rock and they did 4.8 <laughs> million viewers or something. The biggest he just made $90 billion. Fast 9 or whatever the fuck. Or, or the, I, it was even in that. No, Cena was in that one. But and the any movie, executive. any movie that The Rock's going to be on is going to make fifteen billion dollars. But yes, the best is the Fox's guy because it was in the front row, looking at each other and laughing, laughing. Like, what did we fuck <laughs> like? Jesus Christ, this billion dollars! <laughs> like, like this shit is so silly. You know, like I don't think they had like I see 
I don't think it was like buyer's remorse. I think it was people watched this. They're just like, like a billion was- dollars, whatever. I mean, I guess people, yeah, they're, they're, yeah. That was more that they were in this atmosphere looking around and being like, these fucking dorks. What? Why do they like yeah. this shit? They had looks on their faces like, we have to go talk to Vince and tell him that we enjoyed ourselves, is the look that yeah. they had on their face. Um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, when you. Th- th- when you, you, it's true, you know, Mr. Ting was ahead of the fucking curve on that one because when you do approach their shows in that manner, not quite NXT, it's a little different. When you, when are you, which is a good transition, maybe. When you do approach their shows in that manner, uh, it, it does make you kind of understand what they're doing, even if it's still, in my opinion, incredibly dumb. It just makes for awful TV. Um, and created enough of these new age fans to replace everybody that they've run off because it's terrible Absolutely. and normal people are stopping to watch this and thinking it's good. I mean, it's just, that's why they haven't attracted them in large numbers. Right. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey junior rookie card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club Slab Pack, and, and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards and yeah you can open it and look it's going to be junk you're you, you know what i mean like you know what you're probably going to get in those maybe you find that fun and sometimes i do sometimes i like just opening up cards and saying oh, hey look at some random cards or whatever but if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs and it ends up being you know almost nothing you know nothing of value not with arena club you can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading, so you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off again that's arena club.com slash vow net arena club.com slash vow net for 10 percent off your first purchase on arena club and we thank them for sponsoring the voices of wrestling podcast network uh let, we, let's get to uh, great american bash here in a sec we do have a caller uh, on the line so he's been waiting for a little while here so we'll get him up here uh isaac can you hear us 
Isaac. Yes, I can. Yeah, see, Isaac figured it out. Isaac's got it. What's up, man? How are you? (laughs) I'm good. How are you guys? Good, good. Um, So, do I? I, I'm a little bit, but the flagship feed's a little bit behind uh, where we are, like right now in the conversation. So, I missed a little bit. But uh, is there like a topic of conversation? Do I get to pick? Yeah, we're just talking about how WWE's bad, uh, and the ratings are bad, is, and nobody wants it? to watch it. So, and then we're going to talk about how Takeo or NXT uh, Great American Bash was also bad, and nobody watched it. So, yeah. well, I am somewhere in there. Nobody <laughs> who watched it. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, WWE is very bad, isn't it? It's not great. It's it's not great, Isaac. Yeah. So, yeah, what's your so what's kind of your viewing pattern of of, of WWE these days? Because Joe asked me, and I, I basically stopped watching Raw, basically don't watch SmackDown. Check in on NXT so often. Like, where where are you at in your in your WWE watching these days? Just the Rumble matches too, because I still think that's like a fun. It's not good ever. Actually, was the last one good? I forget. The last Royal Rumbles. Uh, yeah, they they were all right. A Royal Rumble's a pizza, yeah. man. It's it's uh, even a bad Rumble's pretty good. So exactly. So I, I catch the Royal Rumbles. Um, I'm gonna see if I can like try to find some of that the gold mine stuff on NXT because I mean it seems all right, but I mean I don't have time to watch WWE. There's too much stuff and it all sounds terrible, so I just don't watch it. Oh, that's you're smart. <laughs> how, how how old are you? Oh, you're gonna hate me. I'm not gonna hate you. How old are you? I'm 17 years old. Oh Christ! Okay, you're 17 years old. But see, this well, is good. This what? is good, though. Let, let, yeah, let's no, let's, no, let's this talk is about this. Perfect. Yeah, this is perfect. What? All right. Did you? Did you? When did you start watching wrestling? 2013. I started with uh, my first show was the SmackDown, like a couple weeks before the Elimination Chamber, which was it was a great show too. Like the first, like getting into wrestling with like the Shield Wyatt family, yeah, like it's a good year trios match was great. Yeah. And the Daniel Bryan story, I caught the, it right at the right moment, too, because I caught the Daniel Bryan story right when they, right after CM Punk left, so they finally did they decided pull the trigger, to actually so push him. <laughs> yeah, they yeah decided I didn't, to go with I him. missed the whole Wyatt family stuff, so I figured that they were doing everything great with Daniel Bryan. I was like, and I was nine, so I, whatever, I don't know. But. All right, so, so, so you, you got pulled in by WWE around 2013, you enjoyed it through 2014, it run you off. When did they run me off? That's a when good ha- question. When, okay, when did you stop watching it entirely? Like, you know what? To where, to the point you are now where you basically just watched the Royal Rumble. When did they get you to that point? It's been two, uh, probably two years at least. Because I remember last year, in 2020, I, the only thing I watched was like WrestleMania. I watched the Fire. Fly Funhouse match because people were talking about it. I didn't even watch the Graveyard match because uh, that didn't uh, really interest me. What happened was in 2019, at that point, I'd sort of become a giant loser. And I was like watching Dragon Gate and all this hey and stuff that like, <laughs> hey you know. Now. No, no. That's it. no actually, I mean, that makes no, you no, cool. No, you're cool, actually. Exactly. So. Yeah. Heavy I'm shots cool and Iron Spears. Yeah, wow. Yeah, case low. I would say I'm very, I'm very cool on wrestling Twitter in high school. It's different. It's a whole uh, different ballgame. I get it. Yes. Uh, you yeah. know, wait. Uh, it's going to take a few more years, but it'll get there eventually. Hey, play the long game. It's fine. I know. I'm, it's fine. I but yeah, so I <laughs> haven't watched WWE in so long. And every time I tune in, what I do is sometimes like Sean Ross will post like a gif of like Alexa Bliss hypnotizing someone. And I'll just read the tweets under it because that I get entertained 
by watching people uh, like it because I think it's so egregiously terrible. But um, so you kind of you kind of answered this, but do your friends watch wrestling at all? Being a wrestling fan as a teenager, I would. It's akin to like saying you're into like circus clowns. Like if you <laughs> went to school. And you're like, yeah, one of the things I do is on my free time, I look at videos of circus clowns. You would get the same reaction as if you say that you are like a wrestling fan. <laughs> yeah. So you're still in high school. Yeah. I, I don't bother hiding that I'm a wrestling I'm not ashamed of it. Like, I love wrestling. Right, but there's, like, but there's like no other wrestling fans in your high school, though. At least Maybe out two. of the closet. Maybe two. And they are, but they're like WWE fans. Like, I, if everyone in my school, I, I think it is possible. Am I still with you? I'm breaking up a little bit, but I, I'm, I'm still getting you a little bit, Isaac. You keep talking. All right. Of everyone in my school, I think it's possible there's two other people who would even recognize Okada's name. You know? I think that, well, see, Okada, that's a, I mean, I'm actually kind of impressed that there'd even be one. Um. Rich, yeah. when you were Rich, when you were in high school, there were way more than two wrestling. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. But I was I was late stage like attitude era. I, I so when I was in like middle school and elementary school, it was like everybody watched wrestling. Like literally everybody, yeah. man, woman, teacher, principal. I mean, literally everybody was watching wrestling at that time. Like it was it was a constant yeah. thing. And then by the time I got to high school, it was like two thousand two, two thousand three. And yeah, it wasn't. It was more than two and three, but it was it was you know half of what it was you know a couple years prior. And then by the time I was leaving high school, forget it. And then when I was in college, I was literally the only person in college that probably watched wrestling at my college. So yeah, it's so it's so different. Like because I know because like you, I see like old pictures or like my dad used to be a wrestling fan, and he would like tell me, yeah, like people wore like NWO shirts to school. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't even. And, well, like, I don't even. I don't even want to know how old. <laughs> He's probably younger than me, and I don't no, even want to know. He's not. He's. I mean, he's sixty right now. Uh, oh, he probably oh, doesn't want to tell right. this, He's wow. never. He's, he's never going to listen to this. So. Right. But you're seventeen, so he's paying for this. So that's interesting. I'm paying. Well, I. He could work. I, you don't I know that Isaac job, doesn't uh, work. Get out of here, Joe. I hey, when, I job. Was, <laughs> when I was seventeen, I was still getting my mother to pay for my Pro Wrestling Illustrated subscription. So you know. <laughs> Well, my dad does pay for the uh, the, the Dragon Gate Network. Well, there you go. See what I tell you, Rich. He's <laughs> running right, the hospital right. here. I'm a, yeah, I'm a, you got to mooch as long as you can. It's stupid. But then when you asked him about question. this Patreon, he said, "No, <laughs> no, I already paid ten dollars <laughs> a goddamn month for your wrestling shit. No, no more." Yeah, I I pay for this Patreon at the movie theater. I pay for I I, I scoop popcorn and I coach gymnastics. Is my other big. There you gig. go. Out there hustling. I'm raising a new generation of like ricochets. Yeah, you should make those kids. Yeah, you should. There's a lot you could do. Maybe make those kids watch Yoshino matches and shit. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I I have brought it up. I've said you guys should check out some (laughs) Willow Spray and check out some some of that best of Super Junior. Now, what do those kids say when you say you're a wrestling fan? Uh, They roll their eyes at me. The the kids (laughs) I coach are like 13. I have no business coaching them. Like they know that I have no power over. Like I, they don't respect me. For shit, why would they? <laughs> but now they're even I mean, less wrestling fans, right? They're they're even less wrestling fans than you and your 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 classmates are, correct? The kids that coach gymnastics? Yeah. No, I well, yeah, well, none of them really know about it. I'd say they're less judgmental because they're gymnasts, and it's kind of a similar thing where it's like gymnastics isn't like this mainstream thing that people take. See, I love gymnastics, but 
I okay, hope. so the point the, so the point here is nobody's running around your high school with Liv Morgan t-shirts. <laughs> yeah, is, only is Liv Morgan. once t-shirts, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, there's no uh there's no WWE merchandise really. Um the closest to that I sometimes wear like a, a Lucha Bros shirt to my school. And that's really about it. Yeah, we know that you're indoctrinated. I'm talking about the wider masses. It's just not happening. Yeah, one like, time I saw like like a little middle school middle school kid watching like highlights of Raw, and that was the only time I've ever in my high school like seen anyone interacting with wrestling. But I get yelled at sometimes because I'll watch it in class. I'm I'm a good student, but like my teachers will tell me to stop watching pro wrestling in class because I'm in, in class, <laughs> but I don't. <laughs> See, Rich, Rich, this is very. It's heavily anecdotal, but I was in high school during the worst period for American wrestling uh, in a business sense. You know, smack dab in the Smoky Mountain wrestling. Uh, <laughs> right, uh, to talk that we were talking about earlier, yeah. Yeah, and I can tell you that even then, our entire lunch table, it was wrestling talk for 40 minutes. Right. On the bus, it was wrestling talk all the way home. And, you know, that was a terrible period for pro wrestling. And I just get the sense that it's it's way worse now in terms of uh when it comes to you know uh you know kids high school yeah. students and younger watching this stuff no one does no one watches this and if they do maybe they do they're kind of weird and i don't want to talk to them like nothing against the wrestling fans at my school but i'm not that's not really my crowd is is the people where, who like talk where are you from i'm from ohio so I'm from like, okay. and I go, well, okay. the school I go to is different. I go to an art school because I, I want to do like music technology and stuff, but that's good, you know? Yeah, but art school, that's kind of like nerds. You'd think that there'd be, <laughs> that, that would, exactly. you'd think that that would increase the percentage of wrestling fans because sure. art, art, stu, art, but they're art smart, they're smart nerds. Be... The problem is they're smart nerds and wrestling fans are, are not smart nerds. So that's, no, the yeah, problem that... is there's no jocks. That's true. He makes a good point. That's, yeah, yeah I mean, no, jocks are going to be into wrestling. You're going to either get the jocks or the man. or the nerds. You know, they're going to be into re- like the when I say nerds, I don't mean like the pocket protector nerds. I mean like the people that I would call a nerd because I was a jock. Like people yeah. who are into like fucking like you know playing instruments and shit. Like like <laughs> like me band exactly. Geeks and, <laughs> like, like I'm, I'm band, like the kid you would beat up, right? Yeah, like the band geeks or the goths. Like those people oh, are going to those kind of people are more likely to be into wrestling though than people who are preppy traditionally cool you know so you're right though the jocks though also would fit into that though you're right but the one the the most wrestling fans of any like of the arts department actually right now just like anecdotally for my school is theater uh like theater has the most wrestling fan. but i'm not even sure if they're wrestling fans because they're all like wwe fans so maybe it has something to do with like they like the theatrics of the fiend lore or something yeah uh, it's something we talked about a little bit earlier I, I don't know if you were on or you were kind of waiting to get on the hold yeah it's exactly something that we said that they're creating wwe fans but they're they're not creating yeah. wrestling fans and when those people graduate or move on or, or get into something else are they going to stick around and continue watching wwe or, or continue watching wrestling and the answer is probably not and that's that's an yeah. issue I feel like if I showed someone an episode of Raw and and like they thought that's what I like watched, I would like I'd have to hide. I couldn't sit like I couldn't do like the one clip I keep. I sorry I brought it up earlier, but of like 
Shayna Baszler or Nia Jax who are like being hypnotized to hit her like her the manager by Alexa Bliss like with the sort of like it, it's basically an acting exercise like the mirror imaging of the body. If I if I showed that to someone, I was like, yeah, every Monday I sit down and I watch this. They would think I'm crazy. Whereas if I showed them like Dynamite this week, they they might not be super into it. They might be like, who's this weird Malachi Black dude with the eye makeup? But I think they'd understand the appeal more than they would if it was just a WWE show. Absolutely. Buddy, when my wife walks in the room, I want to hide and crawl <laughs> under a couch. So right. it's uh, totally understood. I have toddlers in the house. I'm ashamed when they walk in the room and, and see a WWE show on. So, uh, no, I, I totally understand. All right. Well, thanks for the call. Thank you. Uh, Rich, get, Rich, get rid of this guy before we get arrested. I didn't realize I got uh, 17 year olds coming. Yeah, on working here. for us. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's past his bedtime too. I, wow. He said he's in Ohio, 10:30, or you know, he's going to be past the uh, the work uh, release. His dad's going to cancel his Dragon Gate <laughs> subscription yeah. if he doesn't do his homework. This Isaac over here. Um, no, but that was insightful. You know, yeah, I don't yeah. think kids in high school are paying any attention to WWE. No, I God, mean, no, it's... God, no. Yeah, and like I, I even know how that was like at my school back in the, like two thousand two, two thousand three, or whatever. Where it was, it was very few, and it was like they were all my friends, or I knew who they were, uh, and, and I, I, you know, I, I made some new friends based on me, like you no, know, them wearing a wrestling shirt here and there. But that was it was us, and I don't know, it was like thirty or forty of us. You know what I mean? Like legitimately, that that I knew were definitely wrestling fans, and I'm talking about thirty or forty. You know what I mean? Like that's that's. The big difference between you know two, like he said, or literally just him. So, or like well, you said, they're so ashamed of it they w- wouldn't even they wouldn't even tell people that they watch it, which is another. Well, problem. yeah, because WWE is so fucking bad and cringy that it's not even fun in an ironic way anymore. Yeah, a lot of times wrestling is fun in like an ironic way. WWE is not. It's not fun in any way. It's just atrocious. Uh, we do have some other callers. You want to get to a uh, uh, Great American Bash though first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's then we'll talk that. to these people. Let's do that. Let's go to Great American Bash here real quick. Uh, I did not see the show, so Joe, I'm going to lead you through NXT's Great American Bash, which we talked about. Oh, uh, I didn't watch it, and apparently not many other people watched it either. So you, on the other hand, were one of the uh, 654,000 viewers of, uh, of NXT Great American Bash this week. So uh, the uh, main event, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go there with top to bottom here. Uh, Adam Cole defeats Kyle O'Reilly, a first-time matchup between Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly here. Uh, I think, without looking it up, I'm sure this is the first time these guys have ever faced each other. But how was uh, Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly with nothing on the line? First time they've ever faced. I'm joking. Oh, you're doing a bit. You're doing a bit. All right. I'm a little slow. Nothing ever changes in this company ever, even on NXT now. In um, they went out there and worked hard and had a really good match that had some um. It was better than their end, their never-ending match, I think. Um, but it had some flaws. I mean, it was built around Adam Cole's injured knee. But yet, you know, by the end of the match, and normally this stuff doesn't really bother me all that much, but in this case it did. You know, he's doing fucking, uh, what, what's he call it? The Florida fucking sunset. The Panama, Panama sunrise. Yeah, the Panama sunrise, yeah. Yeah, he's doing the Panama Sunrise and then doing the fucking last shots with these injured knees. And it's like, it bothered me in this instance. And you know that I'm not a selling fetishist and I'm not like, you can't use the limb anymore. But it was really egregious in this case. But um, I thought it was a uh, very good match and easily, pretty easily the best match on the show. Um, The problem is like, you know, what are we doing here in terms of, 
you know, I know Gargano's getting the title shot this week in a weird dynamic, like heel versus heel or whatever the fuck that's supposed to be. Yeah, because he's like good Crawl- now for, se- but he didn't change anything. He's still kind of an annoying little prick, but he's a face because no. Cross is more the, of a the heel, heel. Yeah, the heel babyface thing in NXT is just. It's all throw. I don't know. And and WWE is very generally very binary with that kind of stuff. So it's not like a promotion where you know where the lines are normally blurred in that manner. So it, it's kind of like it's very confusing. A lot of these matchups they do because Gargano still acts like a little prick. Am I supposed to view him as the babyface against Cross? The way they gave their promo this week, Cross was more of the babyface. So I, I, I really, I don't know. All I know is I'm not interested in Johnny Gargano versus, versus Karrion Cross at all. Um, but I think Gargano might win. You know, there's a chance Cross is getting called up, right? So it's like Cross can beat four guys at once, but then he loses to Gargano one-on-one. I, I, don't, I don't know. NXT fucking stinks. What it's, do you want me to say? It's confusing. Yeah, these, these days it, it, it has gotten very confusing, and there's there's not much to sink your teeth into these days. And, and like I said, here's a match. It's like a main event between two guys that have been there forever that have faced each other a thousand times, and it's just a match. There's no stakes. It doesn't matter. It's just a match. It's a match on the card. It takes 24 minutes to get to, so uh, there you go. Uh, NXT Women's Tag Team Title Match. Uh, Io Shirai and Zoe Stark win the titles. They defeat The Way, Candice LeRae, and Indy Hartwell. How was, uh, how was the action on this one? Yeah, one day it was fun. It was a match. Um, I don't know. It's nothing special at all. In fact, it actually kind of wasn't that good. If I, yeah, if if I mean, I don't want to beat it up too much, but um, you're not alone. I've seen some people. I've, I've seen people say like, "Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was going to be good, and then it just kind of wasn't." And and I don't know. Sloppy, yeah, yeah, sloppy, yeah. and and um, you know, on paper, it was better than what we ended up with. Um, I like Zoe Stark a lot. I was impressed by Zoe Stark's uh, singles work when she came to NXT. And it's an interesting team with Io Shirai. I can't take Triple H going on Twitter saying that Io Shirai and Zoe Stark winning the tag team titles is going to change NXT forever <laughs> and be a you turning know? point in the division. <laughs> I mean, the balls to tweet this shit with, with another one of these meaningless title changes. This NXT women's tag team title changes when the fucking wind blows. I mean, there's a new champion like every month. Um, and this team isn't going to hold it for a long time. I mean, let's be honest. But, um, you know, they did the gimmick where the serial killer came out and carried Indy out at the end. Because, you know, they're like fucking or yeah, whatever. Did they, did they bone afterwards or uh, what? Well, they're calling them... Oh, his name is Dexter Loomis, Dexter right? Loomis. They gave him Correct. some... Yeah. They're calling. They're give. They gave them one of those. You know when Hollywood couples oh, like get together. Oh, like a cutesy couple name. Like Benifer. Yeah. Ugh. No, Affleck and J Lo are back together. I do. Yeah, that's that's it's interesting. Yeah. Good for Ben. Yeah. Hey. Get it. Get it. He's like, hey, I, I hear you're single. Like, what up? You up? Like, what's up? How are you doing? Like, J Lo hey. gets worshipped. My wife, I she worships J Lo. She, she should love J Lo. J Lo. Still she, a phenomenal. She hates. She hates Alex Rodriguez, the passion <laughs> of a thousand burning suns. I do and too. She, has she ever watched him on Sunday Night Baseball? I agree. I'm no, with her. She don't even. She doesn't even know why he's famous. She just hates him though because of the way the whole thing went down with J Lo. Yeah. So then I gave her the backstory how he cheated his whole career, the steroids, yeah, everybody oh, yeah, hates yeah, him. Yeah. That didn't fuel the fire. Um. 
what is the cutesy name they gave these two? Um, maybe someone in the in the chat room knows. You're gonna hate it. You're gonna fucking hate it. <laughs> oh, oh my oh. god, index. Is it index? Index. Ugh. Index. Oh. Yes. Oh. I call them index. Oh. God, my stomach. Jesus Christ. Keep in mind, he's a serial killer. Yes. Yeah, he kills people, and he also fucks Indy Hartwell, so. I keep in mind when he, he is, this is now like the third time he's carried her away when she's unconscious. Yes, he has raped her multiple times, too, which is uh, in canon. Oh. Well. Accusations. I'm just saying, in um, canon, right? I'm just saying that. He carries her. her a guy who's a. out body, and he's a serial killer. A guy who's a sneaky serial killer. Carrying out an unconscious woman multiple times a year after speaking out isn't the best look. No. That's all I'm saying. Yes, I would agree. And I'm not the kind of guy who gets wound up about things, as we all know. Okay? And I'm not wound up about this. I just think it's, it's, it's not the best look, is all I'm saying. Um, so, I, you know. So, their, their love affair continues, I guess. I'm going to... Yeah, it's consent. Yeah, she uh, Hartwell has shown her affections for Loomis when she's conscious, at least. But uh, <laughs> that doesn't make it okay when they're. Unconscious. He does carry her away when she's unconscious right. uh, multiple times it's now. Not good. Like, yeah, that's not yeah. good. Like yes, um, uh, you know she you should consent while she's awake, but that you know when she's passed out from a wrestling match, that doesn't. Uh... Jesus Christ! Yeah. Index. Oh, I wish you wouldn't have told me that. My day is ruined. Oh, that's an. It's yeah, index is what they call them. Like on the show, you know, like Beth Phoenix would be like, "Oh, it's index." It's index. (laughs) She's screaming. Meanwhile, meanwhile, she's unconscious. Right, and he's carrying her. (laughs) What a love story! Is her unconscious body's being lifted in the back by the serial killer? Yeah, he puts his garrote wire in the back pocket and picks her up. Okay, well, hey, you know, I've had people in our mentions um, say to me. Why do you say he's a serial killer? They've never said that he's killed anyone. And I'm like, uh, maybe the garrote wire in the black gloves. <laughs> yeah, maybe the garrote wire in the black gloves <laughs> and the fact that he sneaks around. And I think he has. Has he choked? He choked out. Uh, he didn't kill, uh, but he definitely choked out uh, Austin Theory. Remember? He kept coming yes, from behind he, and choking he, him out with the garrote wire? Oh, no, no, no. He put the ether soaked rag. Oh, over that's his right. Face oh, I'm sorry. Ether soaked rag. Yes. Very so, non serial no, killer behavior to pass people out with a fucking ether soaked rag. Yeah. Now, there's no implications that this man's a serial killer at all. There's no indication. The fact that his name is Dexter. <laughs> Dexter Lewis. His Louis. name is Dexter. Right, right. Okay. Not at all the name the most, of a famous serial killer at all uh, in, yeah, in, in TV shows. The most famous television's killer of all time was also named Dexter. Where do you think they got the name? Like these people, it, like it, it, you know, but he just, he just wear, that... no, he just wears black gloves with the the knuckles carved out of them, just because that's a good look, you know. Aesthetic. Rich, he dresses exactly like Dexter Morgan yes. from the hit television show Dexter. <laughs> Dexter it's right. not subtle. <laughs> it's not subtle. He dresses like Dexter Morgan. Okay, he, he walks to the ring on his hands and knees. Yeah, that's you know perfectly normal. His behavior. music. The guy's a fucking serial killer. Why are we denying it? <laughs> you don't have to literally watch him commit a murder, which, as Rich has pointed out, basically has. Oh my God. All right, that's NXT. Oh, sorry, we're not done. LA Knight, Cameron Grimes. They had a million-dollar title match, Joe. LA Knight won. It was a match. There we go. Um, Congratulations to LA Knight on retaining his million-dollar championship. Cameron Grimes is crazy over as a babyface now. So... I should note, 
on a show where nobody else was over. They did the Adam Cole Bebe only because that's like, you know, Pavlov's dog. You know, they're going to do that. Um, Kyle O'Reilly getting you still suck chance and no one else really getting any kind of reaction. They're slapping the clap button for the baby faces. They're slapping boo for the heels. Which, by the way, that's Cameron not going Grimes. away. I stand by that fact that that not. is not going away. If you think that they're going to go to a, an arena and they're not going to hit the cheer button, hit the beer boo button. You're wrong. We have seen it. It's going to happen. That is going to happen. I uh, promise you that's happening. Instead. You're right. Uh, you're right. But Grimes was over. He he was getting genuine reactions from the uh, CWC fucking, or whatever it's called, 200 fans or whatever. There's a few more now. They got a few more in there now. Um. So, yeah, I don't know. But it was just a match. This was not a great show by any means. Doesn't sound great, uh, Joe. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, it doesn't sound uh, doesn't sound great. And then the opener, a match that I will check out, uh, but but curious. MSK, Nash Carter, and Wesley uh, defeat Timothy Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa to retain the NXT Tag Team Titles. Uh, this sounds like it should be good. Tell me, it was good, Joe. Was it good? This was on its way to being a pretty good match. It wasn't bad. Um, it had a weird finish though. MSK won with like a roll up finish, um, mm. which didn't really get over with the crowd. Um. But it it was a good match. It was the second best match on the show. Um, Thatcher and and Tommaso Ciampa are really a really good team. So is MSK. MSK. It really surprised me with how great. good they've been in this. They're, they're great in NXT. But, yeah. um, Thatcher and 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 Ciampa are one of my favorite tag teams this year. I've really liked watching them. They just they're no nonsense. They go in there and kick ass, you know. And uh, they have good chemistry together and everything else. So I mean, it was it was okay. It just had a really weird finish, a finish which tells you that the program isn't over. Or under normal, I mean, I don't know what the fuck, how this company's booked. But normally, it's a finish that would tell you, okay, they survived by the skin of their teeth. This other team deserves another shot. Like, that was the kind of finish. Right, right, right. And and MSK are, the, are baby faces. So, especially so with that kind, like, a heels would do that finish. I don't know. It was just a weird finish. Uh, but there you go. That was so, NXT uh, Great American Bash. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like well, a thrilling got, show. Uh, yeah. You didn't see the Hit Row concert? Uh, I did not. I heard it was. Uh, I heard it was pretty good, though. Well, I mean, I, I'm they're, still they're torn weird. On Hit Row. They're weird because I, I, I will. I watch Hit Row because everybody goes, "Oh my god, the Hit Row segment that was incredible. That was awesome." And I watch the highlights on YouTube. I'll rewatch the segments. I don't know how to think about Hit Row as a wrestling I'm analyst. Scared. I have no idea. Like if if I was just a normal fan that didn't have to come out of the show and talk about it and analyze it and all that sort of stuff, I'd probably think, "Ah, eh, these guys are kind of fun. This is interesting." But as an analyst, I'm always thinking. Man, this is cool now, but I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm just, you worry the expiration date is going to come so fast for these guys, and they're going to be like absolute go away heat in, 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 in a couple of weeks or, or months or whatever. Uh, hopefully not. Hopefully they don't, they work and it, they, they're cool. Cause those, I think all the guys are, are, are super talented. The guys and girls are, are super talented and it's a cool act. And I think it's an interesting, it's a new, it's a unique thing. But I, I just, I worry about the shelf life of it. I, I could see it getting really old and I could see us talking in six months. Hey, I remember when Hit Row was like interesting and cool. And people liked it. Like, we did that with the New Day, remember? There was a New Day period where everybody was, like, in love with the New Day. And then, like, a year later, pretty much everybody but, you know, weird people we were like, you know, the New Day is uh, kind of a one-track joke or one. Uh, there's not much to this. And, and and that was, you know, four years ago. And now we're still doing the same stuff with, or, with the New Day. Or, that's like eight years yeah, ago. Yeah, basically, I've lost track of the New Day. <laughs> so. New Day have been around almost a decade, and they're still throwing fucking <laughs> breakfast foods. Uh, but, like, yeah, there was a while it's, where that was endearing and different and unique and fun. Yeah. yeah. They are the most stale. I, I apologize to Show and Yo, Rapongi 3K. 
because I called them the most stale act in wrestling about a month ago on this show. The most stale act in wrestling, without question, and it's not even close, is the New Day. I mean, they have not updated a thing in eight years. It is the same old shit. Blowing the fucking Xavier Woods with the fucking trumpet, vroom, vroom. Or the trombone, or whatever. Ah, Thunderdome. Throwing breakfast sandwiches, throwing the fucking cakes. The same terrible material that wasn't funny then and still isn't funny now. It's just they are so stale. They've won the tag team titles 175 times, and you can't remember a single title change because none of them were meaningful or meant anything. They are the most stale act in wrestling. But um. As far as Hit Row goes, I haven't decided whether it's the coolest thing WWE has done in a decade or if it's super cringe and extra corny. It's, I know it's not in between. It's one of the two. I can't decide which side of the fence I fall yeah, on. I think I like it right now, but uh, I, 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 I've allowed the ability to think that I also think I hate it like in two weeks or three weeks or a month or so. <laughs> I realized, wait a minute, I actually don't like this. So, uh, but, so I think far, they- I think I like it. I think if they got rid of Top Dollar, I'm going to tell you why. Oh, he comes off. Top Dollar. He comes off like an absolute cornball who's <laughs> forcing it. He's like forcing it. Shane Strickland or whatever his name is, Isaiah Scott. He's fine. He's the ace of the group. He he comes off authentic. I am a Ashante the Adonis fan. You know this, so I like him. And it's funny they don't let him rap. He stood behind the fucking... Uh, <laughs> and he just chilled. He was the turntable guy. Yeah, like, okay. But he wasn't really scratching records. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he yeah. was just... Because I guess he can't rap, so they didn't let him rap. The other three rap. Um, and I like him. The girl, I find so fucking annoying, but she's a heel. That's fine. Like, every time she opens her mouth, every time she goes, Hit row! <laughs> I want Raquel to come out and fucking smash her face through the floor. I can't stand her. But that's what they want you to right, feel. Right, 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 But, you know, so she works. Top Dalla is a tryhard. He's like, while the other ones are rapping, he'll like pop his head in and go, and you know it! Like, that kind of shit. Like, tell him something! But he doesn't come off authentic. <laughs> you're you're making me hate like, this. I think I like it, but you're making me hate it because you're describing it. And the way you're just, you've said nothing wrong in the last few minutes. And as you're describing it, I hate it. But I think I like it. I don't know. Like, like Scott will be rapping. Yeah, I know. And, and he goes, you, yeah, yeah, you know it. <laughs> it's like, well, but it's, in a, but it's not even in a cool way. Like, right, he'll, right, go, right. Tell, he'll go tell him something, you know, with a goofy smile on his face. It just doesn't. He doesn't match the tone of the rest of the act. Swerve rules. And I swerve, think he's... swerve, you're not going to switch me on Swerve. He fucking rules. Oh, and I know not, but he was out there and he, I was like, wow, he sounds like a real rapper, right? Top dollar. He just comes off like he's, you know what he comes off like? Like he's a rapper in an SNL sketch. That's how he comes across to me. Like he's Keenan Totally inauthentic. <laughs> rapping in a sketch, yeah. You know, so I think he's the problem where I'm not sure about the act. Um, so I don't know. I'm still kind of on the fence with it. It could be the coolest thing. But it could also be. I, that's why I really wish you would have watched the performance. Because Rich, he did like two fucking songs. This never ended. I heard it was a long thing. There, yeah, I heard it went very long. I will. I will check it out. I'm very curious what they do in front of real fans as well. If they, well, I guess I, I, I guess NXT is. Well, they did be. this in front of fans, and and it did not get over. The okay. fans were like 
just staring at them like why are we doing a concert <laughs> yeah well concerts in the middle of the have show. never literally never worked in wrestling ever so um no now they are heels so it's you can kind of excuse a poor reaction more so if they were baby faces this would have been a disaster i still think it was a negative though because you can you had the vibe watching this that the fans didn't want any part of this and not in a we don't like them because they're heels way in a what the fuck can we have another match please kind of way because it went on fucking forever. Um, but anyway, Hit Row concert. Tony Storm had a really good promo. I'll blow through the rest of this. Uh, the, the dying battery was, in fact, Tegan Knox. Tegan Knox. Yeah. Tegan Knox. You know. She was dressed like Eddie Vedder on the 10th tour it. in 1992. I was going to say, that's up your alley for um, sure. You're probably a big Tegan Knox fan now, as of this day. I mean, maybe in 1992 <laughs> I would have been. But I mean... <laughs> um. And then they did the fucking brackets for the uh, breakout. Oh, right. I was going to I was gonna do the breakout. Hold on a minute. Yes. Thank you for reminding me about the breakout tournament. Let's go. Um, Which the winner of last year's will never be spoken of. Yes. We are not going gonna... to mention uh, the 2019 uh, breakout tournament winner. He who shall not be named ever, ever, ever. So. They're going to pretend Bronson Reed won. They're just going to they're going to show highlights of Bronson Reed winning a first round match and just say that was the final, you know. So they don't have to mention the name of he who shall not be named. Okay, so I want you to translate these names to who the human beings actually are. Can you do that for me? Do that. Because yeah. I, there's a lot of people listening, myself included, who might not know who all these men are. Uh, Carmelo Hayes. That is uh, Casanova Valentine, the former uh, Northeastern independent wrestler. Okay, but he, yeah, that's not a, a, a totally out of the, the realm. Possible. That name's fine. Andre Chase. Oh, Rich. You know I, I know is. who Andre Chase is, but I am positive 95% former of people. Evolve, <laughs> former Evolve superstar. Uh, tell him something, Rich. I'll be top dollar here. Harlem Bravado, right? Mr. Harlem yes. Bravado. Yeah, there you yes. go. Andre Chase. <laughs> uh, when I see Harlem Bravado, I do not think Andre Chase. But uh, Well, it's weird as they let some other guys keep their name. Yeah, but so, he... Is Andre? Did I say Casanova Valentine? His name was Christian Casanova. Oh, you did say Casanova right. Valentine is very different. Yeah, I didn't catch that. I knew who you were talking about. Yes, it is not Deathmatch wrestler Casanova Valentine. It is right, right, right. I mixed <laughs> up with Deathmatch, which is a yeah. that is not a good name for that Casanova. Carmelo Hayes is a bad name for that Casanova Valentine, but it is a better one for the one that you mentioned there. So that's yeah, now yeah. I'm imagining Casanova Valentine as Carmelo Hayes. He comes and out, he's wearing the cutoffs. It's like, <laughs> yeah. like if that man's name is Carmelo Hayes, are you sure? Like, yeah, yeah, no, it definitely is, yeah. Comes out yeah. with a fucking garrote, you know, his fucking, uh, the, the, the barbed wire door. <laughs> he comes out to the ring as Carmelo Hayes. Yeah. <clears throat> Trey Baxter. Uh, Trey Baxter. Um, <laughs> I know, you don't know who this is? I do. No, if I saw him, I know. I don't Oh, it's they, Blake Christian. Blake Christian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The former Blake Christian is Trey Baxter. Yeah, he, he worked a couple 205 Live. Yeah, matches. yeah. This is the all-timer here. Duke Hudson. <laughs> Duke ah, Fink. Hudson. <laughs> it's Fink. Yeah, it's Duke Fink. Hudson. Yeah, Fink. Brendan Fink has been on TV before. He's Duke no. Hudson. No. You've been Mandela affected. He was never on no, Raw. No, get months. out of here. He definitely was. He was on Raw every week for like four months. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. Now he's, you know. So he's the former Elliot Sexton. Um, if for people that are wondering, Australian wrestler Elliot Sexton. MCW, MCW, MCW. Yep. Yeah. Then he was on Evolve for, a, he was on NXT. They signed him. Then he went Correct. to Evolve. He did a few Evolve shots that I'm sure we talked about. 
uh, as well. And then he appeared on Monday Night Raw like numerous times, like that's last year thing. for like two months. That's right. He was on I NXT TV era. too. Yeah, like. Like the Heyman there. Heyman was a fan of yeah, Vic. yeah, yeah. Clearly, clearly, and uh, but now he is. I mean, look at the guy. He should be. A yeah, fan. absolutely. I don't. Potential. I don't know if yeah. I'm calling him Duke Hudson though. But uh, there you go. That is Duke Hudson. Josh Briggs. He got to keep his name, so you know Josh Briggs, right? Yeah. Um, I think people will get used to the Duke Hudson name, but it's kind of a shock. <laughs> it's weird. The thing that bothers me is like he didn't exist before. That bothers me. Like I hate when they do that. Like he was on Raw for like four months. Like the dewdrop thing. Like yeah, the dewdrop thing, which is just like yeah. I mean, just yeah, you can acknowledge that it's like ah, oh, he's got a new name and a new personality. Like, but don't don't tell me that this man didn't exist before. Like it, it, we know, you know, it's not hard to find that out either. But uh, who do we move on to here? Now? Uh, Josh Briggs. Uh yeah, well you know. Change there. We will change the name of everyone except the sex pest. That's what we're gonna say, do. Of all the guys that I might wanna, I might wanna remove the search history for. I feel like Joe Briggs, or Josh Briggs, is probably one of the ones I would do it for. But you know, I shouldn't call him a sex pest. It was thoroughly investigated. Um, the guy who had sex pest allegations is that more fair? Uh, that yeah yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. We're too big to be small, Rich. We gotta. Absolutely. So yes, the guy who was had allegations. Of uh, of chicanery with a potential minor. Uh, that's who. Uh, that's, yeah. that's who gets to keep. Like you're saying, you know, maybe change the name of the guy who has a bad Google, right? And you know, that that might. But that's the one that keeps the name. It doesn't yeah, make any it's, sense. It's very very strange. Yeah. Uh, Joe Gacy, also uh, former evolved talent. He played right. over the Indies for a while. He also kept his name too. So he did. He did. No allegations against. No, Mr. Gacy. Joe Gacy. Uh, as far as we know, perfectly fine. Clean record. Your boy, Jiro. Icky man, Jiro. Icky man, Jiro, with his jacket and his music. And he's he kept his name, he kept his gimmick, he kept his character. He is he is Jiro. Even has similar theme music. Yeah. But the weeaboos were quick to correct me that it isn't the exact same <laughs> ah, music. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've watched him wrestle a couple times now. I wrote up a couple reviews on his stuff. He's he's the same fucking. They've changed nothing, except the slight name of, you know, the name is he's using Ikaman Jiro instead of Jiro Kura Sawa or whatever his name was. And Ikaman used to be the name. Right you now, the nickname saying. is his actual name. Basically, so. he's the he's the same fucking. He does the same yeah. shtick, same entrance, um, and they seem to like him. And I think he could do well there, actually. Absolutely, oh for sure. Um, so yeah, that's the uh, that's the breakout tournament. Oh, wow, Odyssey Jones! You forgot about Odyssey Jones. Oh yeah, Odyssey! I can't believe they let him keep that name. That's a great name. That's a great name. Odyssey. He looks awesome. Yeah, he's got a good look to him too. So I'm a, I'm a big Odyssey Jones fan. So the guy, yeah, you know he debuted on 205 Live this this week. Did he? Oh, good, great. I won't Tomorrow. watch it, but yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, rich, he's rich, rich. He's uh, well, he's a. Hold on a minute. I'm looking at uh, Odyssey Jones pounds. here. I was gonna say 205 Live. Is... A little, little lax. They made fucking Ethan Page had to lose all his weight. And Cedric Alexander to lose all his weight. Odyssey Jones is like 410. <laughs> yeah, he's, I he's think it may have been right the, under there. Yeah. I think it may have been the breakout tournament match. Well, so well, now, still, no, 205, like, 205 Live no longer has any ethos. It is just it is just another brand now, which is, is very disappointing. So now they took the title away. They got 400 pound men wrestling on the <laughs> show. Over, yeah. Um, no, but it, if you want to watch the former Alex Zane, uh, that's the place. Yeah, I was gonna um, say, where's he? There's a few guys that I thought would would be in here, and they're not. Uh, 
Ari uh, no. Schneider, whatever the fuck his name is. I forget what it is. It's Ari something, right? Aria Blake or Ari... No, it's Ari, Ari... something or another. It's We always laugh Ari about Fletcher? It. <laughs> That's what I Ari... keep saying. Or what did I say? I don't remember what it is. Ari something. Alex Satan. Yeah, Hold on, I'll look it up. Ari Sterling. Ari Sterling, that's yeah. right. Yeah. That's like a, a character on our list, you know what I mean? I know, yeah, <laughs> right. definitely. Ari Sterling, yeah, <laughs> no, for sure. He sounds like a sports agent, yeah. right? Um, I say Aria Blake, that's like... Uh, there TJ is, Perkins yeah, that, there is an Aria Blake, but uh, yeah, that is... Um... No, that's not TJ Perkins. Yeah, that's TJ Perkins' uh, wife or girlfriend or whatever, she's yeah. pregnant. Having a baby next month or something. Great. <laughs> That's who Aria Blake is, though, right? I yeah, I, I, I think so. Also, it's a worker, so you weren't out of the out of the wrong possibility there. All right, let us. Uh, I'm sure they're gonna love this, uh, Joe. Let me tell you about the Manscaped, the Lawnmower 3.0, <laughs> and the Perfect Package. Uh, this is an exclusive offer for our listeners: 20% off plus free shipping with the code Flagship at Manscaped.com. That's Flagship at Manscaped. Dot com. They have created the best ball hair trimmer ever, the Lawnmower 3.0, their third generation trimmer that features cutting edge technology, a cutting edge ceramic blade, reduces grooming accidents thanks to that advanced skin safe technology, an LED light, more precise shave, waterproof so you can do it in the shower uh, as well. You're going to get that perfect package 3.0. It's going to come with the crop preserver, the crop reviver, as well as two additional gifts, a pair of high-performance Manscaped boxer briefs that'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day, as well as a travel bag to store all of your grooming goodies. Trim that junk of yours. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code flagship at manscaped.com. Again, it's 20% off plus free shipping with the code flagship at manscaped.com for that Lawnmower 3.0, the Perfect Package 3.0, and the best in ball hair trimming technology. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. All right. Getting them done. PWG mark is back, Joe. <laughs> Did you mark the time on that ad? I, you know, it? I might let that one go and just say, yeah, we didn't do a read. <laughs> why don't you read it? Why don't you read that ad after the show ends next week? <laughs> right. I mean, geez. So, yeah, PWG is back. Absolutely. PWG is back. They've announced uh, their return. Mystery Vortex 7, Globe Theater, Los Angeles, California, Sunday, August 1st. And that is going to be it. That's all we know. Mystery Vortex. Do you like this? Do you hate it? What are your thought on them coming back with a Mystery Vortex? There's a lot of cynical people out there who think they're doing this because there's going to be speaking out folks on the show. I don't buy that. Oh, I didn't think of that. Okay, that's interesting. I just thought that they, like, didn't, they thought that their card wasn't that good. So they're just like, eh, if it's a surprise, everybody will be interested in it. Or they won't, you know, they'll get at least a pop for a surprise or people will be less disappointed. I didn't think of that aspect as well about the speaking out things. I, I don't know about PWG, though. I think they're pretty It's not going to do that. They're I don't buy smart. that at all. Yeah. People are just very cynical. I don't buy that. I'm also mad at myself because I said the word folks. Um, I hate that word. I hate when people say folks. I hate the kind of people who say folks. So I'm mad at myself. Um, I think the reason they're doing Mystery Vortex is... Remember, they're honoring the tickets from Kobe. Showed it was kid, which that tells you how long ago the show I know, was. Jesus, and you're honored to Kobe Bryant, who has been dead for two years now at this point. So yeah, yeah. Um, so I think because all the tickets were already sold, they're like, "Fuck it, let's just do Mystery Vortex," because I don't really have to sell tickets to this thing anyway. Um, that's my theory. It's also PWG. It could just be because that's what they feel like doing right now. They don't really know they have a, well, who knows now, but they know they have a hot product and they don't really need, you know what I mean? So I, 
could just be coming back. It's going to be an all-new roster for a variety of reasons. <laughs> let's just leave it at that. Um, so let's have some fun with it and do Mystery Vortex and roll out our new roster that way. I mean, half of their champions are working on national TV right now. That's how long ago they ran. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting because who the fuck knows who's going to be on this thing? Yeah, I, I kind of like it from that aspect. Like, I, obviously, it's it, it's PWG, and I'm not going to be there live, and I don't know what the streaming is going to be, and they they usually don't. You'll be but... refreshing Twitter all night long, though. Yeah, don't for say sure. No, be. and that's what I'm I'm saying. Like, if they announced their show and it was, and, and that's why I think the theory is not necessarily that we're trying to hide from speaking out or we're going to book a bunch of canceled people and all that sort of stuff. I think it's more that they probably realize, hey, look, it's maybe not the best card. But if it comes out, if, if every new person comes out and it's somebody that you didn't expect or, oh, hey, oh, that guy or whatever, then it's going to be, you know, th- th- they're smart in realizing that the surprise is going to be the, the, the fact that, hey, you're back in PWG, you're back in the Globe Theater, PWG's back, you know what, here's a show, just enjoy who comes out. Like, I, I, I think it's the smartest thing for them to do is come back with this mystery vortex because, yeah, you, you, are, you don't want to lead to disappointments by just announcing a car and then people just go, ah, eh, whatever. But like you said, they've already sold the ticket, so it doesn't really matter, and they can kind of just book whoever they want, and, and it probably not matter that much either. But like, no, I'm definitely anticipating it, and, and like you said, I'll be refreshing Twitter and, and you know, maybe pleasantly su- surprised by who comes out, or maybe pleasantly excited by who comes out, or who knows? We, we don't know what it's going to be like, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I think this is probably the best way to come back if I were, if I were PWG. So. About this, what if you announce the card, and because of the state of the indies, the card, the names don't look very sexy? And then people are shitting on you for a month. Whereas if you don't announce the card, you just do the show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I said. The show yeah. Is, yeah. And then the show is really good. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of like the same point you were. Yeah. I'm just saying this, like, yeah, you, but, like uh, even if it's, it's so if it's the same names, but it's like, yeah. here's Fred Yehi. And it's like, eh, Fred Yehi. you know what I mean? Like, it's not like just the idea that it's a mystery and you don't know who that next guy is going to come through the curtain. That yeah, when it's Hakeem Zayn and Fred Yehi and like you know th- those sort of guys, you know no one's going to be disappointed by it. Whereas if you put Fred Yehi versus Hakeem Zayn on on your card, people might go, ah, geez, I don't know about that. It's an okay match, whatever. But you know they come out and it's just yeah, the surprise, the element of surprise will be enough to kind of get people excited about a show that that yeah. And then like the work might be pretty good. Like the work the, the work will probably be good. There's at least a working standard in PWG. So yeah, I I, I think absolutely. I think that's totally probably what, what's going on here is they realize. Look, the, 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 the names we're going to have on here aren't exactly the sexiest names, but you know, if we have a good show and it's all surprises and the fans are hot, then it, it won't really matter what the, what the card actually is. So Maybe they will be. You get Davey, you get Garcia. You know, you get yeah, there, I mean, like hell, I, I trust PWG more than I trust just about any other company in the, in, in, in the world to you know, book new and unique talents and, and stuff like that. So I, I don't know. Yeah, we'll we'll see what they end up doing, but I, I'm excited. I mean, I'll definitely check it out when it when it, you know, nine months later when it appears, and I can finally watch it. But uh, I don't know. Maybe they'll they'll modernize their uh, their rollouts here these days. But will Jordan Oliver be on the show? <sighs> Probably, right? Not a fucking chance. You don't think so? I don't know. He can't work to that standard. I don't know, Joe. They think I. They've turned away better people than them. They have, they have. I guess it's not the desperate. They're not in that desperate of times these days. They could, they could do it if they. Yeah, I don't know. That will be a telltale sign of what this PWG, what this return of PWG is going to be. 
you're right. That that the the Jordan Oliver when he comes, that might be the telltale sign. Of, He's the of, line. He's the line. Yeah. Of, okay. <laughs> That's what we're doing here. Okay. Him and the fucking Yeezy Con guy. The fucking <laughs> Everett Con nurses. They're on it. WG has seen better days. It's officially over. Yeah. Well, um, they stink. And you, you can't. They can't roll out Jordan Oliver, can they? I mean, I understand he's a quote-unquote name. Yeah, I, I would. But... Hope, I would certainly hope not. But can't uh, can't tell you. Yeah, the, the one problem is going to be fly-ins are going to be tough with PWG, obviously, because uh, they were tapping into the Australian market there for a while. That's not going to happen. Uh, the Mexico guys, I'm I'm assuming you can get you know most of the Mexico guys, but you There's know, plenty we... here. They can get a lot of those guys. Yeah, yeah, they can get definitely a bunch of those guys. So your Arezes and your, your you know, yeah, I think if Usual like. A... Stuff. Yeah, I think like a Vikingo would be awesome. Like he could really steal the the, the show uh, if they can get him in. A Raz will definitely be there. In, yeah. yeah. Um, Whole Laredo kid, a Rez, Latigo, Black Taurus crew. They'll probably yeah, they'll all be, be the there. Show. They'll all definitely be there for sure. So. At least a combination of some of those guys, if not all of them. I mean, they'll they'll be on there. Um, gotta get Garcia. That's a PWG. Like if it, come on. At PWG, we don't be all over a guy like that under normal circumstances. They not get Davy unless he burned the bridge, and we're told he didn't. So, Davy hasn't burned the bridge at any point with them. You got to get Davy in there, right? You oh, certainly. Him. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Big, big return for him. So, no, I'm excited. Yeah, it'll be pretty cool. I, I do trust PWG, but like you said, yeah, if Everett Connors comes out, it's, it's going to be a. Josh Alexander? Got to get Josh Alexander. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and and I'd be interested to see about some of the no compete guys. Uh, um, uh, those those yeah, people. Yeah, that's who, always a mystery. Yeah, who come in and but, some and some AEW guys. I'm honestly. sure. Yeah, I'm sure the box will probably show up. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm, I'm sure a few of those guys will get off to a good start. Yeah, right? yeah. Let, let them. You know, hey, they might not. The Bucks not might not be PWG regulars anymore. But I think for you know, hey, you guys haven't run a show in a little while. Mystery vortex thing. They they could probably go out there and and, and do some work. So. So yeah, I don't know. I'm interested. I'll, I'll definitely check it out when uh when I can eventually uh, watch it. But uh, a few more minutes here left on the show. Uh, let's talk about uh, two things, uh, three things here, real quick. I wanted to touch on uh, real fast. We'll kind of do rapid fire on this. Uh, ROH's best in the world is going on uh, this weekend. Uh, Joe ROH's big uh, pay per view return to fans. Uh, big title match here. You got ROH World Title uh, Roosh defending the title against Bandito. Uh, you got ROH World TV Title Tony Deppen defending the title against Dragon Lee. Uh, ROH World Tag Team Titles Fight Without Honor. Uh, the Foundation that's Tracy Williams and Rhett Titus uh, versus Violence Unlimited. Chris Dickinson and Homicide. ROH Pure Title Jonathan Gresham versus Mike Bennett. Miracle Mike the Bennett guy. Our boy Mike Bennett. Uh, ROH World Six Man Tag Team Title Shane Taylor Promotions versus Dalton Castle. Dak Draper and Eli Isom, Brody King versus Jay Lethal, Last Man Standing Match, Josh Woods, Silas Young, EC3 versus Flip Gordon, Jesus Christ, uh, and the Briscoe Brothers versus Brian Johnson and PJ Black. So those are the uh, the main show card uh, matches. And then on their hour one, their kind of kickoff gimmick, uh, you got Flamita versus Ray Horus and uh, the Beer City Bruiser. And Brian, Brian Malonis versus Dan Housen and PCO, which I will not be watching at all. That sounds terrible. But uh, anyway, what do you think of that main uh, the main show and and, and maybe some of, what are the highlights that maybe you uh, stand out? You got Roosh versus Bandito, um, a Dragon Leaf versus Tony Deppin, uh, and, and then the mention of Jonathan Gresham versus Mike Bennett are all pretty interesting matches. Um, I have no opinion on anything. I haven't watched ROH in ages. I have to on my little fight TV. And uh, catch up on the last month or so of the TV before I watch this show. Um, 
just something I would not do if not for Voices of Wrestling. I would just watch the fucking pay-per-view cold. I do that. Got to put the work in. So I will watch the last few weeks of the TV. I'll get caught up on everything, then watch the pay-per-view, and I will come next week fully armed with takes. Yeah, it's been good. I I will say I I did a a kind of a rapid catch-up of ROH TV, and it's been good stuff. Like The problem is the empty arena is, is horrendous for ROH. Because they're still doing yeah. like the warehouse thing where there's no noise, and it is a tough, especially now. It's a tough watch. It's, I watched, I watched that. I started watching Ring of Honor. So I finished Dynamite last night, and I said, "Ah, you know what? I got to catch up on Ring of Honor." Bad idea. Did not. I basically turned it off after about twenty minutes and said, "I should not do this." And then I watched it, the rest of it, you know, this morning and and, and later today before the show started. So uh, I've caught up. But yeah, watching it immediately after Dynamite was not a good idea. When you have this red hot crowd screaming and going nuts, and then I go to you know. Jonathan Gresham and Freddie A. High wrestling in a warehouse. It was uh, it, it was tough, but they are going to be in front of fans on the show, so uh, that should help things a little bit. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm interested in the show. I'm ready to kind of get back into Ring of Honor, so so I will definitely uh, check out this pay per view. We'll definitely review it next week uh, on the show. But uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff to like on the show, and there's some good stuff. I, I think Ring of Honor is doing some really really cool stuff uh, right now, and they're they're you know very professional run operation in a lot of ways. So it's 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 company I do want to support. It's just been very difficult with the warehouse wrestling to to, to watch it. But uh very excited back in front of fans and 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 uh yeah. That's our way best in the world so we'll uh, we'll review that next week uh, on the show for sure. Uh New Japan for wrestling real quickly. Uh recent shows that they've had. I have not watched all the Corican halls, but what I have watched and I and I do want to plug this as well uh something on the website voiceswrestling.com. It is uh, an article from Jay Michael about Yuyu Uemura and Yota Suji's Kazuna Road Gauntlet. So these are the Young Lions series that we've been talking about over the last few weeks. He, J. Michael, recapped every single one of those matches, gave star ratings, gave background, gave details. It is an un- it's a long read, but it's a well-worth it read, to, you know, breaking down those. Uh, every every match that those guys have had in their series, Yota Suji and Yuyu Uemura, uh, really, really great stuff there. But I have caught up on most of it myself uh, as well. And and i got to say, I, I've, I've really enjoyed the last few. And the last one, which I'm sure we want to talk about here, the last one, Yu Yuomura versus Shingo Takagi, is one of those matches, Joe, you talk about all the time, where star ratings are stupid and dumb because, like, that's a match that I don't even know what I could star rate it, but it was, like, exactly the type of match it needed to be, exactly the perfect structure with an insanely great, you know, follow-up, an insanely great post-match. Like, it's everything that you want out of the match that it was, and that's why star ratings are kind of dorky sometimes because you're not going to go five on this. But fuck, this was perfect. What do you think of Yuyu Yuomura and Shingo? Just fucking perfect wrestling. Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, yeah. It surpassed the Okada Suji one as my favorite one yet. Oh, a lot of people really liked um, Bushi versus Yuomura, too. Um, no, yeah, it was just is great. I mean, especially the finish and after the finish where all that body language stuff and, um, you know, y- Yuomura not wanting Shingo to help him up, insisting on getting up himself. And shoving him off, Shingo being like, "Yeah, all right." Yeah, I like Respect it. Yeah, a little that. bit of attitude. Yeah. So if, if you're wondering what happens, no. Yuri Murray gets like four or five host spots, and then Shingo just takes his hat off with a fucking clothesline and pins him. Beats him with the pumping bomber. Yeah. And not the, la- the not Doesn't, the last. Not even drive. worth. Not even worth your my time to lift you up and do all this bullshit. I'm just gonna take your head off with the pumping bomber. He's done. Yuas sells it. So he gets up. His mouth's all bloody or whatever. And Shingo's kind of like, hey, I'll help you up, man. And Yuya says, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use you to climb up. I'm going to use your, your, your body to climb up, but I do not want your help to climb up. And then he eventually does, and then Shingo kind of looks at him, and then he shoves Shingo away into the ropes. 
And you would think in, in, in some wrestling companies, Shingo would then you know, hit him with the title belt or, or kick his ass or whatever. But Shingo smiles and goes, ha ha, you're learning. And then holds the title up and says, yeah, you don't have this fucking title. I have this title. Get out of here. Well, he did the motion of come to me right. when he had like, you want this title? You know, like he he did that hand motion of like, you know, uh, it, it is very symbolic in that, you know, and, and I think it's a moment where if you and Mora becomes a star, obviously you're going to look back on that. Oh, that's going to be a clip. Um, interaction with Shingo. Yeah, that's, that's a clip yeah. that's coming back for sure. Especially if Shingo is still around when this guy rises up and is a player, which is, you know, possible, but who knows? Um, they can build off of that. But yeah, just a great moment. Really cool stuff. Um, that's what you want out of pro wrestling. That's pro wrestling. You know, it, it's, uh, you know, um, you know I, I think I put the clip on our Twitter feed last minute of all that, of that whole interaction, you know, so, um, Satoshi Kojima versus Hiroki Goto was a good singles match from the night before, um, cause the never six man, they had all three of those guys, all six of those guys in singles matches against each other the night before Kojima Goto was the highlight of that one. Um. Yeah, as you'd probably expect. Nagata Ishii was pretty good, but I preferred Kojima and Goto. And then um in in the title match the next night, Goto pinned Kojima. So um and that was good. Those the Ishii Yoshihashi Goto never team, they always go out there and work really fucking hard. And they've really had a lot of good matches during this title reign. They've been the best never six man champions of all time. I mean it's not even close. So, and I think both of those Corkin shows are free on New Japan World. Oh, I didn't I know, know that. For oh, I didn't fact, know that. That's cool. Know for a fact the second one is with the match that we're talking about with Shingo and the title match. That's free. So if you're not a subscriber, you can go watch that Shingo match for nothing. Uh, so that's uh, that's what's going on there. Any anything else from New Japan that's been kind of a highlight or something you would mention? I, I've only seen the Young Lion matches. I've had really no interest in watching all the other stuff. Uh, I'm gonna get back into oh, here I in just, a little bit, no. but uh, yeah, I've, I've I've had to had to calm down on New Japan here for a little bit because I'm a big grump about it. So I thought I'd, I'd distance myself. Well, if you'll a miss bit. it, you'll appreciate it more when the big show. Exactly. Comes. Right. Right. I I figure. Hey, I'm not gonna you know, torture myself with the stuff that I don't like, and I'm just gonna wait for the big shows to come back. So. Um, I don't think those three singles matches are anything close to essential, although I would recommend the Kojima-Goto match. I don't think the Never Six-Man match is essential, even though it was probably low-level notebook match or maybe four stars somewhere in that range. And, you know, the Young Lion matches are a lot of fun if you're into that kind of dynamic. Yeah, and again, like I said, at Voices Wrestling, you can look at uh, Jay Michael uh, did it. You can just look at our review section or column section. Uh, Yu Yomura and Yotsuji's Kazuna Road Gauntlets, uh, is a, a fortnight's glimpse into the future, which if you need any background or any context for any of the matches, uh, you get it right there. So you can kind of follow along as you're watching, which I did do uh, as well when I went back and watched some of them as well. So a, a, a good way to, uh, uh, to watch that. But uh, then finally, we'll wrap up here with a show that I am going to tomorrow. I will be at uh, live at AEW tomorrow uh, for United We Stand. Uh, you got a main event here, AEW heavyweight title match, Steel Cage, Mance Warner versus Fred Yehi. Uh AEW women's title match, you got Chris Statlander versus Allison Kay. Uh, AEW tag team title match, you got Joesa and Dion Rusman versus Ace Austin and Madman Fulton. You got uh, Myron Reed versus Hakeem Zayn for the AEW Heritage title. An I Quit match, I believe the first I Quit match in, uh, in women's uh, history for AEW here. Uh, High on versus Sky Blue. Uh, Manders versus Robin Steele. 
and the match that I am very much looking forward to, Josh Alexander versus Jake something. So uh, I'm excited about that. Mance versus Fred in a steel cage sounds awesome. Alexander versus Jake something sounds great. Uh, and uh, yeah, Myron Reed versus Hakeem Zayn sounds up right up my alley as well. So that seems like a pretty cool card, and I'm pretty excited about it. So High on Sky Blue match is well built. Oh, absolutely. They've been doing a tremendous job with that. It's an I quit match, too. So, yeah, I'm interested to see how they how they, how they form it because otherwise it's been, you know, it's been well built, but it's starting to get real heated and start. So, yeah, this could be that could be kind of fun to see, see if they really open up there and let them kind of uh, work it in a, in a little bit more of an aggressive, you know, hard hitting style, which I'm sure they will. I don't think you'd make it an I quit match and just have them, you know, do basic grappling and stuff. So we'll see. We'll see what, what happens with there. But uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. Manson, Manson Fred, as I said. Uh, that's been maybe one of the better built. I mean, Fred Yehi, the character work that he's been doing, he did it in Ring of Honor too. If you go when when you're gonna go back and watch the uh, you know rewatch, rewatch the Ring of Honor TV, uh, Fred Yehi has some really cool uh, profile pieces in that. Him and Gresham really built up their match uh, on the final uh, TV or the TV that was from last week, I should say, uh, TV from last week. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really interested in that and seeing if Fred Yehi uh, could do it. I, I feel like it's probably time for him to win the title. Uh, if he's going to do it, Steel Cage match would be a good opportunity. But, uh, you know, Mancer's a guy that if you have him around and he's not getting signed by anybody, he's, he's a great guy to have as your champion uh, as well. And then Josh Alexander, Jake, something sounds like two dudes just beating the hell out of each other, and I'm, I'm there for it. So I like AEW. It's professional. The wrestlers, the, the, the announcers don't skate, scream fuck at me the entire time. The wrestlers all try hard. The production's good. It's, it's, there's, there's a whole lot to like. So glad it's one of my hometown promotions. So We'll talk about it next week. Absolutely. So that is AEW United Will Stand. We're going to review that. ROH Best in the World will review that. Uh, plenty of other stuff to get to uh, next week on the Voice of Wrestling flagship podcast. But that is it for this week. Uh, as we said, patreon.com slash voices of wrestling, $5, $10, or the $1 tier. $5 tier opens up uh, the Thursday TV reviews. It opens up the Slammiversary synopsis uh, and some of the other audio stuff we do. $10 tier gives you everything that we do, the live flagship uh, that you can listen to right now. It gives you the opportunity to call in like people did uh, today. It also gives you Joe's written content, instant reaction live immediately after big shows. It gives you everything we do for that $10 tier. Uh, so that's at patreon.com slash voices of wrestling. Last, I'll say va- uh, voices of wrestling.com for all of our uh, uh, written content as well, previews, reviews, and all that other stuff. Voice of Wrestling Podcast Network. Uh, to listen to any other podcast uh, that we do here. And then, uh, of course, last but not least, uh, voiceofwrestling.com slash Discord. So you can join our uh, Discord and discuss wrestling with people from all across the world, talking all parts of wrestling uh, anywhere you can find it. So that is it for us. So for Joe Lanza, I'm Rich Krejci. We'll talk to you next time on the Voice of Wrestling flagship podcast. <laughs>